97.5 The Fanatic. What is going on, everybody in and around the city of Oh, no, come on now. I'm not Tom You can't steal my thing. I'll I'll steal it for one night. All right, that's fine. A one night where we could have ourselves quite quite an evening. 2-0, Tom. How about that? I know usually you get the chance to get the immediate reaction. I did last night. I'm Ray Dunn. He's Tom Albert. Savannah Keller hanging out with us this evening. You usually get the immediate reaction. Yes. Last night I got to do it. It's fun, right? It's a great thing. Yeah. It's a great thing when they win. And I know since you've been doing postgame, they've done a lot of that. Yes. Connor and I went through the record. Uh, I think it's 16 and 1 he is on postgames. Yeah, he loves gloating in any way possible. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, difference between me and you guys, I have never done post-game after a loss. So I am now one out. But in case you didn't hear, in case you've been under a rock, welcome out. Birds win last night over the Vikings on Thursday night football. And a lot of things to like from it, a lot of things to take from it, but I'm not going to beat around the bush. We can We can get into a lot of different things about this game. And a lot about the different things that we saw that we might like, that we didn't love. But overall, it comes back to one man. Comes back to the quarterback. Because that's what you that's where we got into a lot in postgame. And you can jump in at 610-632-0975. To me, it begins and ends with the way people feel about the quarterback right now. And Jalen Hurts, I'm not going to sell you the idea that he is executing at a high level, executing where I would expect him, where you would expect him. But right now, to me, you're sitting at 2-0. and The games are behind you. And I think there's a lot still to be figured out, whether it be with the offensive coordinator and your quarterback or just your quarterback seeing the field with what other teams are throwing at him. And I keep coming back to this. No, this team will not get where you want them to go if Jalen Hurts is not playing at the high level you saw a season ago. But what about... His history. What about him as a person, him as a quarterback, tells you that he will not be able to adjust to the league adjusting to him, that he will not continue to grow, that he will not find that next step? Because I keep coming back to some of the doubts, some of the fears, and some of the concerns people have with him early on in this season, and I continue to find myself saying, you know what? I don't love what I've seen, but I'm not ready to write the guy off. And I think that's where a lot of people, the insecurity already with Jalen Hurts this season has led them to. Or, ah, I don't know if he's, I don't know, man. Is this the step back? Is this, is he not going to be able to figure out this season? 18 of 23, 193, a touchdown, a very bad interception. He was sacked four times. There's a lot you can go in with that. But I ask you the question early on here as we get started here. 610-632-0975. Right now, have you begun to feel concerned about where this is going with Jalen Hurts and where this season may go with him? As I can't find myself in that space, Tom, I have not been graced with the opportunity to hear how you feel about the franchise quarterback yet. Where do you see this going, and are you concerned yet after two games of Jalen Hurts? Nope. No concern. Good. Truly, no, I'm I'm not concerned with Jalen Hurts. Look, has it looked great? No, it hasn't. Has it looked good even? No, it hasn't from Jalen Hurts, especially when you base it off the expectations coming into the season based off the season that he had last year, right? My biggest thing is this team is 2-0. and Yes, they very well, very could be 0-2, but they're not. 
It's as simple as that. They're not. They are 2-0, and and they have won a two tougher matchups. Yes, I know the Patriots and Vikings aren't exactly the toughest matchups in the entire world, but you're going against Bill Belichick. We all know one of the best head coaches of all time in Foxborough. And then a primetime game against a quarterback who can put up stats and against one of the best players in football, if not the best player in football, and a lethal offense still, right? And you are 2-0. and You have found a way to win. So for us to be having this conversation right now about Jalen Hurts, look, it hasn't been pretty. It hasn't. I'm still basing it off of the rust because of the lack of preseason for Jalen Hurts. And you're still seeing the flashes from Jalen Hurts. Like, a couple of those balls to A.J. Brown, the one that gets pulled back for a penalty, a perfectly thrown ball. You still see the perfectly thrown ball to Devontae Smith in the first game for the first touchdown of the season, where if that's placed anywhere else, that is an incomplete pass, and he put it exactly where it needed to be. In that Patriots game as well, that ball to A.J. Brown that was called a non-catch because he kind of fumbled it going out of, the, uh, going out of bounds, a perfectly thrown ball. You're still seeing the flashes from Jalen Hurts that made him so great last season, and that's why I'm not concerned. If he looked completely lost, if he was constantly sailing guys, overthrowing balls, missing, not being accurate, all that good stuff, I would have a little bit more concern. But you're still seeing the flashes from Jalen Hurts, and this team is 2-0. So I am not concerned. Look, I know it's a lot easier to say this right now than if we were 0-2. If we were 0-2 right now and things bounced a couple different ways, we'd be having a completely different conversation potentially, or at least people out there might be feeling a lot differently about this football team, specifically this quarterback. But we're not. We're 2-0. This team is still shaking rust off. This team is still figuring out the rhythm of the offense with a new offensive coordinator. And I've seen enough flashes from Jalen Hurts that I can't sit up here and say that I'm concerned just yet. If the question was posed, has Jalen Hurts done enough so far? The answer for me would be no. He has not done enough for this team so far. They are 2-0. Yeah, that's fair. They are absolutely 2-0. and And they're there in part because of some of the things he's done. Given my expectations, given what we know about Jalen Hurts, no. And the weight put on him this season by the number of changes with this team, no, I don't think he's done enough for this group. But if you ask me whether or not I have got to the point where I am concerned about the season for Jalen Hurts, answer me, I'm not concerned about where this goes for Jalen Hurts. And this comes back to, you said it, the rust, I think, of anyone, he seems to be tremendously impacted by not playing in the preseason. Definitely. I think he's impacted by the fact that he has not found, and you can see it because you can see the open of the second half. And this has been a big thing, and we're going to get into the coordinators. We're going to get into Brian Johnson, especially. I already see Brett and Ben Salem once again to Brian Johnson. We'll get into it with you at 610-632-0975. One thing that I can say from Hertz, the start of the second half for him in both games has given me what I need to know about when he finds his rhythm. When he actually starts to get into the flow of this season and get into the flow of what this offense is all about and whether it's some of the game planning early on you don't love or whether it's, hey, you know, this team takes a little bit to warm up early on in this season and that can't continue when you go play the good teams, but you haven't done that yet. I feel better because I see when adjustments are made, they're starting to figure those things out. There starts to be a little bit of the flip of that switch and starting to figure a little bit more of where they want to go with this. So I don't sit here today and say, oh, no, this is it. He underthrew Devontae Smith on a ball. He did not look like the quarterback I was sold. Did you see that bad interception? It's all falling apart for him. Six one. Now, I'm not doing that show for you tonight, but I'm doing the show of 
yeah, I understand your concerns. And if you sit here and tell me I'm worried this team can't go where they want to go without the version of Hurts that we saw before, I'll say, yeah, I agree with you there. But right now, I'm not hitting the panic button on Hurts. I'm curious if people have found their way almost 24 hours removed from the game. If you have found your way to the place of peace with him where you make your peace with being 2-0 and and you say he's got a long stretch here to correct the mistakes or you found yourself at this point, I don't know about that guy. I don't know. Maybe we made a mistake here. I can't get to that place of concern yet. I think we're really underestimating not Brian Johnson being the offensive coordinator, losing Shane Steichen and just how good Shane Steichen was, right? Like that is a guy who got a head coaching job in the NFL one year removed from what appearing in the Super Bowl and having a fantastic season offensively, a record-breaking type season offensively, and of course having something to do with uh, the jump of Jalen Hurts last season. And of course Jalen Hurts gets uh, kudos for that as well because he put in all the work. But Shane Steichen definitely had a part in that. It's not just having a new offensive coordinator. It is losing someone who was such a good offensive coordinator who was in your ear constantly for, what, 360 days of the year? Right. Losing that guy that you had such a relationship with. And yes, I get it. He has a relationship with Brian Johnson. I understand that it's different. This is all different. The offensive line doesn't look like it's completely settled in, at least from a pass blocking standpoint. Run blocking. They're fine. Run blocking. This team has no issues whatsoever on the thing. Yeah, right. Um, Pass blocking. They're still having there's some issues there with the offensive line, the rhythm. It's a little bit out of whack. All of these things being the case is part of the reason why I think we're seeing Jalen Hurts struggle the way he is. But as you mentioned, as I mentioned before, this team's 2-0, and you're still seeing enough flashes, whether it be the flash throws that I'm seeing or whether it be the second half, start of the second half drives from Jalen Hurts that you're seeing that is giving you the confidence that you have. Right, and even last night, a night where obviously the running game did their thing. Passing game, not so much. But the running game did their thing. This team... Average 5.7 yards per play. A season ago, 5.8 was what they averaged. They were one of the most explosive teams in football. They were right around in terms of the efficiency in yards play as they were a season ago. That's a big deal in just the step forward. Because you think about it, and we sit here today with this team has certainly come nowhere close to the ceiling of what we would expect, of what we would want to see out of this offense. Yet, this offense, with so much room to grow, and obviously a little room from regression in the running game because it's not going to happen that easily every time out, you don't think. I don't know, man. DeAndre Swift, I don't know. You don't think. They still have a lot of room for growth in what was last night solid on the whole in terms of creating offense. Problem is, quarterback hasn't been right. Are you concerned about that? Do you see this as a problem for the rest of the season? Because that that's really where people's concern is. Because I'll give you, if you don't get the hurts that you expected for 17 games, you might not be going where you expected to go at the beginning of the season. I won't give you that I don't expect hurts to get better. And that's the difference. That's where I begin this conversation tonight. And this is a completely different conversation if he does not get better, right? Me and you are still giving him time to figure this out. And I think a lot of people, most people out there in Philadelphia are giving him time. But if he continues to play this way where we're in week six of the season, then that's a problem. Then we have something to actually talk about and to dissect. And really, I understand why people would be panicking, right? But we're not there yet. He still has time. He gets it. Think about how quick this season happened, right? 
Very little preseason. You're in Foxborough. Four days later, you have game two, right? Now you get 10 days off. Now you get to sit back, relax, take a day off completely from football if you're Jalen Hurts and the capability that he can because I feel like Jalen Hurts never takes off from football. But you get to sit back, relax, and finally start to dissect what you're doing wrong. I doubt that they look back on that game with the Patriots very much at all, right? Because they had to look and focus ahead on Minnesota so quickly afterwards. So now you get to relax, calm down, sit, look over the film, all that good stuff, and we'll see Monday. This, well, I guess, yeah, a week, what, 10 days from now, I guess it is? Yeah, 10 days oh, from now. Oh, we got a lot of time Man, to that's react a long time. to this one. That's why I paused. I was like, damn, that's a long time. But regardless, we'll see how he looks on Monday. We got plenty of time to get into this one, and we're going to get into it with you guys tonight at 610-632-0975. Yeah, I want to start with Hertz. QB1, concern number one for a lot of people coming out of this one. No, I won't sit here and sell you that he's been what I expected or even really what they need so far. But I will tell you, I have not backed off the idea that he's going to get back to the heights we saw a season ago. What say you at 610-632-0975? Brett will get a start off on the other side. And then we're going to get into what became a pretty big story. And if you follow any of those just accounts trying to get likes and clicks to pay for their premium subscription on the old Bird app, uh, they would tell you it's getting messy here in Philadelphia. Do you believe it's actually getting messy here in Philadelphia with a certain wide receiver and uh, the back and forth he had with Jalen Hurts in this one. We'll get to your phone calls at 610-632-0975. He's Tom Alvord. I'm Ray Dunn. You're listening to the Evenings right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. 97.5 The Fanatic. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Lainey to 45911 to see which four Lainey Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Lainey to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. 97.5 The Fanatic. Welcome back into 97.5 The Fanatic. I'm Ray Dunn. Tom Alvord co-piloting here. Silvana Kelleher playing DJ. I, I don't tried. know this song. I know it, but I don't know it. Okay. Name that tune. You want me to actually give you the name? Yeah. It says Tenderness, which doesn't sound right to me, but I guess it is. But I know this song. I guess I just didn't know the title. Well, we just offended the biggest fan help. of Tenderness out there. Yeah. So. Our we just bottom. lost a listener. Thanks a lot. Real nice, Silvana. Well, Sorry. Here we go. At least my parents are still checking. Uh, at least somebody. I think. <laughs> Unless they're tenderness yeah, maybe, friends. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we lost them. That's like a core block of my listenership right there. Uh, I'm Ray Dunn. Tom Alvord hanging out. Savannah Keller. We got into Jalen Hurts. And uh, basically, our, have you begun to worry? And we're going to get to people at 610-632-0975. Because I don't think either one of us would try to sell you that this has been a good start for Jalen Hurts. And I also would sit here and say that I can't begin to walk down the road of it's over because that's just not the way I operate. That's not the way I think. I can't do the overreaction. I apologize for that. Before we go any further, Tom, 
Who's the six o'clock hour brought to you by? Yes, it is brought to you by, as always, Family and Company Jewelers. Visit them on Route 70 in Marlton, New Jersey, or at FamilyJewelers.com, South Jersey's diamond destination. They helped me pick out the perfect ring for my fiance, and they can do the same for you. Ian and his team did a fantastic job making it as easy as possible for me. So check them out, FamilyJewelers.com. Congrats, Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. You're saying thanks before I congrats I there. know you too well, my friend. All right. Well, we're going to get into a little bit again, having this conversation about Hurts, whether you're concerned, uh, what you saw out of this game, you know, week two, basically, last night against the Vikings, 610-632-0975. Take a couple calls, and then you got to get to just the craziest. i got to ask you. Did you see the A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts? I did not. Oh, uh, so this was all new to this you. Was when I finally got into the car and my phone gets turned on again and I'm looking around on Twitter, doing oh, all that fun we'll stuff. break it down. I was like, oh, did not notice that at all. Oh, we'll have a conversation I, know, I did it. notice body language from A.J. Brown, okay. like throughout the night. And I was like, eh, didn't love that. But regardless, we'll get, we'll get into it. it. Yes. We'll get into it. Don't you worry. We'll we'll take your phone calls on at 610-632-0975. But we're going to start tonight with Brett. In Ben Salem, who wants to go not quite quarterback, but the offensive coordinator, Brett, you're on 97.5 The Fanatic. Hey, what's going on, fellas? How are you? Hey, I just want to start by saying we are 2 or no. That's right. We're 2 or no. Um, but this Brian Johnson thing has got me a little concerned. You got a $250 million quarterback out there, and you're running design plays for him. On third and nine, third okay. and eight. I was going to ask: Is it more situationally that bothers you, or more that you are that he is being hit as much as he is? Well, well, on top of that, he's run like eight or nine screenplays in two games, and we've gained maybe a yard, maybe a yard out of all those screen passes that he's thrown. Like, at what, at what point do you say like? As an offensive coordinator, at what point do you say, hey, this isn't working? A little too cute. A little too cute for, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Way too cute. When you got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard out there, way too cute. No, I got you. And I guess my my thought would be the screens they're looking at as we have so many weapons that they can't really do a good job of containing this because they're probably going to be trying to – if they try and go – and contain this would probably get blocking downfield to open up space, but you're not getting that right now. And I also would go with you a little too much. You know, I, I feel the grow effect when I see too many of those screens. They try a little bubble, a little too much of that. A wide receiver screen hasn't worked for the Eagles in like four years, but they no. continue to try and do it. I don't understand it. It drives me crazy. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it. So at this point, you, you're obviously not liking what you're seeing from Brian Johnson, but are you more the wait and see, or are you starting to get worried about where he's at? Well, the whole concern about is Jalen Hurts for like regressing. I I think it has a lot to do with him. I really do. I really think it has a lot to do with him and what he's trying to do. And I think Nick Sirianni needs to get in his ear and say, "Hey, I'd use some explicits, but you know I'm on the radio. Hey, appreciate you not. We appreciate you, you, know? you not doing that. We yeah. appreciate and we appreciate you checking. Then in you're with at us. the bleep out, is yeah. what you want to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. You know, like hey, we got this. We got this second MVP voting quarterback. Let's let's uh, let's work his strengths. You know, instead of 
Yeah, Brett, I, I got you, Brett. We appreciate you Thanks, checking buddy. in. Appreciate and, uh, yeah, I get where you're going. What the path you're walking down there. I think by the time he told us he wanted to use a couple of expletives, I think he was trying to dance himself around. I think <laughs> yes, in his yes. head he had already said the words, Correct. but he was trying not to say it. And I appreciate Brett for not doing that to us. And it's an interesting dynamic here with this back and forth about Giants, or Giants, Johnson and Hurts right now, because you're seeing. I think there's a large subset there going, well, it's Johnson, Johnson, Johnson. Uh, I like to believe that I think it's a little more hurts than we're, we're caring to admit to ourselves. There are guys open that he is missing. It's happened now, like consistently. And listen, guys, MVP, like Patrick Mahomes misses reads at times, right? Like right. nobody is perfect. We just don't watch, very rarely at least, are we watching and breaking down regular NFL games, non-Eagles games, the same way that we are with Philadelphia Eagles games, right? Like, we're watching because we watch football because we love football, but we're not sitting there just breaking down every single pass that Patrick Mahomes is making, that Aaron Rodgers is making, that Josh Allen is making, right? Guys miss reads all the time, but there's guys open. Dallas Goddard was open a ton in week one. A.J. Brown was open a couple times last night, and Jalen Hurts did not get the ball to him. There are guys open. So, yes, Brian Johnson is a part in this. Jalen Hurts has a little bit of a part in it as well. Yeah, and I, I think that's a big piece of where this goes is that I can't have a full teased out real thought on Brian Johnson other than I've been uninspired by a lot of that. After you get through what's scripted, after you get through the first drive, really the first 15 plays where they script you yep. down the field, I don't like it in the first half. The one thing I have liked, the adjustments coming out in the second half. Now, Nick Sirianni has a part in those adjustments in the second half, though, right? Like, because he he scripts the first 15 plays. Maybe they're going in at halftime, and they're scripting maybe not the next 15 out of halftime, but maybe it's the first five, and that's the Jalen Hurts that you like so far is the Jalen Hurts coming out of halftime. Does that concern you a little bit? I I think it's a concerning thing across the board, just that I don't like what I'm getting out of the beginning. Because, sure. again, you can work yourself behind, and especially with this defense apparently going to turn the ball over uh, just – all the time in the first half? Like, yes. what is this now? Five first-half turnovers that they have in the first two? This is not sustainable in terms no, of the turnover not. rate. Uh, it's great. I'll take it, especially while this offense hasn't been able to get itself together. But to me, like, I'm sitting here like, hey, let's uh, keep this rolling. Like, let's let's start moving a little bit sooner into this game. You know, this second quarter, Eagles a year ago, it's like kind of the opposite for me right now, where it's like uh, once we get out of that first drive of the game, I'm not loving just about what we're getting until the second half. So I'm I'm sitting here more of the, this is something that I need to see from Johnson. And I'll give him partial credit in the adjustments because he's definitely, you know, in the room where it happens. So I'm not going to sit here and blame him for it. And he is still a play caller. Right. And also, I need more out of Hurts. And I can't give you that real, real assessment of Johnson without Hurts playing at his best. So, that's where we're kind of sitting with this at 610 I want to continue to hit the phone lines harder, give you you guys your chance to react to this one. Because I'll be honest, I was on post game last night. We got a ton of calls, a ton of people talking, but it was late into the hours. Some of you had to go to work today. Some of you didn't, but you definitely had a bit of a late morning. Because uh, I don't know, I think some of you guys probably had some fun last night. I'm sure you had a little bit of fun last night, Tom. I can either confirm or deny. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you enjoyed the game. We give you a chance to react a little bit later in the day. Let's go to Philly. Talk with Check on 97.5 Fanatic. What's up, Check? Hey, what's the word, my man? So, honestly, what I'll say is, um, you know, I was watching the game, like, pretty close. I actually watched the rerun of it this morning on NFL Network. Nice. I really feel like, you know, both games so far, the other team that came out, 
tried to make tried to make the Eagles play left handed, and like just how you guys were saying, they come out in the second half guns blazing or you know they're making adjustments. I feel like the problem is the adjustments just aren't coming soon enough. Like the Eagles aren't going to be able to come out and just RPO you to death like they did last year, and then you know like teams are going to say Jalen Hurts like like last night they kept talking about Brian Flores because he kept dropping seven, dropping eight, and saying we're going to make Jalen Hurts read these tight windows and find the open man, not just let their fast guys win the one-on-ones, you know? So, like, the adjustments I feel like the adjustments are coming too late, and they're still trying to play backyard football. Like, teams haven't tried to say, okay, we're going to at least take that part of the game away. So are you concerned by that, or are you finding yourself just that's what's happening now they have to adjust? That's all I'm seeing is they just have to adjust. They just need to be able to account for teams aren't going to just let us do what we did last year to start the game and come out and just do a 60-yard bomb to A.J. Brown. They're not going to allow that anymore. But as you see from last night, okay, the RPO isn't working. Like running with five, running with a, a 10 personnel isn't working anymore. Back to the basics. Let's put another tight end in the game and let's run swift nine out of 10 plays, nine out of 11 plays. Like, when when they see what the defense is giving them and they take it, it works. But when they're just, like, listen, like, remember how last week we were talking about, like, how Sirianni has, like, his fortitude and fourth down, I'm going to go for it because I'm Sirianni and I have my mm-hmm. man parts that are larger than everyone else. Like, they <laughs> yes. just kind of think that they can just run their offense instead of just adjusting like you do when quarterbacks get paid. Now, you know, the game's changing. People kind of know you. You've been in the league a few years. I got you, Chick. I got mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I appreciate you checking in with us. Uh, love that. Good way to describe it. Great yeah. way to describe it. Love it. Check gets to a great point there. The great point, and this was something like in the last two minutes of post game I got to last night. Ah, good timing. It was great. It was like, uh, yeah, late in the hours, I'm like, wait a second. But with the way they ran the football last night, that changes the game. Because teams are trying to take away right now the Hurts run. You can see that. They, they are well aware of the ability of Hurts to run the football. We talk about him being the dynamic that kind of creates opportunities for running backs. Well, that's being taken away in the sense of they're not going to let Hurts run the football. But also, when you talk about dropping guys back into coverage and continuing to play off of the line because you want to challenge Hurts, we're well, going to have what happens to the Vikings last night and Swift runs all over you. Yep. And that, to me, because that became a big piece of, you want like you look at the success of a year ago, respecting the Eagles' ability to just run right at you because of that offensive line and then whoever they have in the backfield, forced teams to put more guys up on the front and forced less traffic, really, on the back end that allowed Hurts to operate better and also allowed the talent to take over from the two receivers to create opportunities from the passing game that I really think, after this game, I'm curious to see the league's adjustment because, oh, yeah, we can we could play you tough for a week, but is it sustainable for the rest of the league over this entire season because they see what happens to the Vikings on the, on the ground? They're like, well, I don't want to see Swift be the one that goes over 200 against us. It's the reason I can't get myself to be completely panicked about this Philadelphia Eagles offense, and even Jalen Hurts is because this offense is so damn talented. I've said it time and time again all offseason. This offense feels idiot-proof to me, right? 
It does because that's how talented this team is. When you talk about the trio, tight end and top two wide receiver trio of Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, one of the best in the league, if not the best, right? You talk about Jalen Hurts and the leap that he made last year and where he is as a quarterback, maybe not right this second, but what we project him to be this entire season. You mentioned like DeAndre Swift. He looks healthy. I'll say that much. And a healthy DeAndre Swift is a very good running back. And then you throw that in with the best offensive line in football or one of the best offensive lines in football, however you'd like to phrase it, right? That's why I can't get myself too panicked about it because even if there is regression from the offensive coordinator, even if there is a slight regression from Jalen Hurts, this offense is still one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. And they're going to figure it out at some point. Is it going to be rusty at the start? Yes, that's obvious. We're seeing it. But this offense is too talented and we've seen it before. To not figure it out. Now you talk about the talent on offense, and we're going to continue to hit the phones at 610-632-0975. Austin, Brandon, Rez, we're going to get to you guys. But I want to get to this because it became a big talking point. Nationally, there was one thing. First half, I, I saw the ESPN graphic where it was, oh, hurts two turnovers. And it was the same amount as filling as many games last season as he had. Oh, oh yeah, let's, let's start. People love doing that yeah. stuff. But after the game... It became a big talking point that, uh, oh, Hurts and A.J. Brown having some words. And really, A.J. Brown having words and Jalen Hurts just sitting there listening to him go off about wanting to get. We assume. This is speculation. We assume wanting to get the football because then they attempt to get the ball to him multiple times in a row. Uh, Not probably the best for the game plan there. But the way this was described after the game is so interesting to me because I think overall it's a non-story. But I love the way this just becomes something where they they dance around this one. And I want to start by Nick Sirianni and the way that he tried to address this in the postgame. He comes out. The first thing they ask him is, well, what's the deal with A.J. Brown? Hey, what was going on the sideline there with A.J. and Jalen and all those guys? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I didn't, I, didn't see, uh, I didn't see what was going on with that. We're just what? trying to manage the game. You were part of the TV show that you kind of interjected there. Okay. Uh, what, what did you have to say to AJ and Jalen? I guess Guys, the, the, the conversations we have on the field are going to be private, and the conversations we have in in, per, in, uh, in our locker room are going to be private. Uh, y- y'all don't need to know what was going on right there. It's like the wasn't me, but in real life. Yes. Like it, it's uh, he just camera. lied, and then they got a second of uh, a follow up question. He's like, all right, I guess I gotta. Oh, they caught me on camera? No, it wasn't me. What? Yes, it was you. You were in the middle of that. Now, that's one of the things where it's, uh, you would love for him to just be like, no, you know, non-issue. From the jump, the fact that you have to dance around it makes it a little sketchy. Like, anyone who's caught in, like, a a situation where, like, oh, yeah, I wasn't there, and then they have to end up walking it back and be like, oh, well, I was, it's a little bit more sketchy than what you would want to begin with. It feels like a non-story, given Agreed. the fact that they are such good friends, and that be, them being A.J. Brown and, and Jalen Hurts, given the fact that we've seen this. This is, not, this is not something new. This is not a new phenomenon for A.J. Brown. We saw him upset at the end of the Giants game in, yep. the, in the playoffs. We've seen him want to get the ball before. Love that competitive nature about him. He's also a wide receiver. Yep. And wide receivers in this league, they want the football. Yep. No secret. They're, they'll do whatever they can. Was it the right time to do that? Probably not. It wasn't the right time to do it after they just blew out the Giants to win a playoff game either, right? But, like, unfortunately, 
you have to take that a little bit when it comes to some of these receivers, right? The, some of the receivers with the diva quote unquote title on them, guys like Stefan Diggs, guys like AJ Brown, guys like even Justin Jefferson, right? That's what makes them so prolific, I guess would be the word. I, that's what makes them so great because of their attitude, because of their competitiveness, because of the fierceness in it, right? So I want my wide receiver to have that mentality. While he said it himself after the Giants game. He was like, yeah, if I get 101 ca- or 100 catches, I'll be mad because I didn't get 101, right? You want that from your wide receiver. And I, I'm with you. I don't think this is a story because we've seen it before, and A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts are literally best friends. My question, again, goes back to why would Sirianni dance around it? My guess is that he just really didn't want to get into it because he sees it as a non-story, but he knows it's a story because of all the cameras and because, you know, because we're here in Philadelphia and how the NFL just rules everything. That's my assumption. He just wanted to kind of forget about it and hope he didn't get asked about it. But you have been a coach now. This is season three for you as a head coach. You have been a coach in this league for a long time. You know how things catch on like wildfire. Yes. If they're asking you about it, the first question and this is this is not like, you know, the the most friendly PR group like asking you, hey, about it. If you say, oh, I wasn't there, they're just going to walk over. This is the Eagles press corps. Yes. This is a group that does their work, does their homework and will press you on things. Why would you try and dance away from that? You know, you have to know that if they're asking you about it, it was caught somewhere. That it wasn't just one reporter Oh, caught it out of the corner of their eye and asked you about it. You know someone had to have seen it. Like, for me, the the idea here, like, Sirianni, just tell us the truth on this one. Just And not even the truth, the, the wash truth that you had. I just have a little bit of an issue with it. What I did like was Devontae Smith, because Devontae Smith has this question, and he gives you the answer of, uh, well, you know, everything's fine here. That's what's going oh, man, he's he going to be all right, man. You know, that's... that's... That's part of being a competitor, man. You always want to be a, you know, feel like you're part of the team, helping the team and things like that, man. You know, anytime something like that going on, it's not nothing, you know, bad. He's not bashing nobody, man. He just, you know, wants to feel part of the team, wants to, you know, help us. I mean, at the end of the day, you ground these guys all throughout the week. So when it's time to go out there on Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever it is, man, you just want to, you know, be battling with you guys. And that to me is the perfect answer. Hey, man, he just wanted to help us win. That's the answer I'm looking for. Why we didn't get that the first time is more my question. Now, my question for the general people out there, because I know there's people out there that have an issue with it. And I'm curious what the issue is with A.J. Brown being as demonstrative as he was trying to get the football in the game. And you can chime in on that 610-632-0975. On the other side, we're going to get into a little bit of that because I do want to, because I think it does play into play calling. I think it plays into a little bit of the issue of also situationally late in that game how you were operating. And that's the only issue I have with it. The issues that other people have with it, I'll give them a chance to chime in. Austin, Brandon, we're going to get to you guys and jump back into, of course, that Hurts conversation because all this kind of plays into it. You haven't been able to find all your playmakers, haven't been able to make all your playmakers happy the first couple weeks. Part of that's been quarterback hasn't been good. And there's a lot of mouths to feed on this offense. Someone is going to metaphorically starve. Uh, if you're not able to get the quarterback play, they got a year. So we'll get into that. Get to your phone calls at 610-632-0975. And then I think it's time to take some stock of uh, the other side of the football. Because I've got to be honest with you. I was sweating there for a little while with the injuries. And I couldn't be happier today. 
I really couldn't be happier with the performance. The injuries. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm still sweating, but the performance, I think we got to start giving props where props are due. Again, we'll take your calls at 610-632-0975. Talk some more birds with you following the victory over the Vikings last night. He's Tom Alvord. I'm Ray Dunn hanging out with you evenings right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. 97.5 The Fanatic. Welcome back into the evening show right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. I'm Ray Dunn, Tom Alvord, co-pilot, Savannah Keller, Hanging out with us. We did lose at least one listener over tenderness. The last segment, that was brutal. But we will continue to work to get better at the whole music thing. It's reason- what is this? Can you guess what song? Name that tune. Dun, dun. Or sounds how like, about the artist? It sounds like the song from Space Jam. Dun, 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 dun. Right? Can I get my Shazam out? Shazam like, doesn't work anymore for me, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I You don't have one guess? No. It's... I'm a Slave for You by Britney Spears. I don't think that was in Space Jam. No. <laughs> no. no, I think that one might have just missed the might cut. Might have missed the cut. Yeah, yeah no, it wasn't it. The, really, uh, the bonus version, the extended version. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, I'll apologize for the Britney miss there. You know? Uh, got to be better. Yeah, we do have to be better. Britney's, Britney's been interesting on the old socials recently. Yeah, dude, she's... Well, I mean, she's been interesting her whole life, but yeah. A little interesting on the socials. I haven't watched the documentary. I might get around to it. Nope. I'm good. I might. I, I think it would be interesting. I, oh, it's probably interesting. Yeah. I'm terrible with TV, so I'm not the guy to really ask for Fine. That. I just watched Casino for the first time last week. How was it? Fantastic. Nice. Great movie. Glad you liked it. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Three hours, but great movie. And I'm glad you got through it. Yeah, I'll I did. Say that well, no. Through it is the wrong way to put it. It was a really great movie. Love the plot, but... The three hours, yeah. But, you know, you sit down, you're like, oh, I'm going to pop in a movie. And I was like, oh my, am I going to make work tonight? Like, yes. But all right, we got to get back to the birds. Not okay. enough about my personal life. No one cared about my personal Correct. life. Correct. No, no one cared. What they care about is whether or not we're concerned about Jalen Hurts. The two of us are not. There are people today that have jumped off the Hurts bandwagon or really, really are just popping out of the bushes. Like, remember me? From before last season, I was right. Yeah. And it's like, nah, man, I don't think you were. I don't think you were right about Jalen Hurts. I have a pretty good season last season to show you that you were wrong. And oh, by the way, it's two weeks into a season where you played no preseason, had a new offensive coordinator in the first two games within five days of one another. I'm not sitting here today all concerned, all freaked out over what's happening. With Jalen Hurts. Was, has he been good enough for this team so far? No. Do I believe he will get to that place? Yes. On top of that, one of his best friends, one of the biggest weapons on this offense, A.J. Brown, got pretty demonstrative uh, late in the game about not getting catches, not getting the targets. And we played the Nick Sirianni audio where Nick Sirianni just flat lied for no reason. Just no reason. About what was happening. It's, oh, yeah, I wasn't involved with that. You were right there. Camera had you there, buddy. And Devontae Smith gave you the actual good answer of, you know, he just wants to contribute. He wants to feel a part of this. And I understand. I sympathize with wanting to be a part of it. I even understand getting up in arms and being emotional on the field. You're in the midst of a game. You are, especially with Jalen Hurts, you guys are very, very close. You guys have that type of relationship to get like that. 
I'm not taking that away from anyone. The time in the game, though, the Eagles have been crushing it, running the ball. Not the time. Yeah. Not the time, not the place. Don't start begging for the targets then. We got 15 more games after this, and hopefully, on top of that, a nice postseason run. You'll get yours. By the way, he was second in the team in targets last night. Yeah. Just one behind Dallas Goddard. He had more targets than Devontae Smith. So I get it. He didn't have the same impact as a guy like Devontae Smith, but it's not like he wasn't targeted like Dallas Goddard wasn't last week. He's still going to be targeted at least, what, seven times a game? Six, seven times a game minimum? Yeah. Because but, A.J. Brown. And that's that's exactly it. Listen, I know you want yours. You're going to get yours. But we need you to relax. And someone that's asking for people to relax is Brandon Philly. who's hopping in with us at 610-632-0975. Brandon, you feeling good about Hurts? You concerned yet? No, I'm not concerned at all. I think everybody needs to relax. You got to remember, too, he also had a little... He also um, got his, what is it, his, his masters over the summer? Yes, yes. So, Studying up. So he, right, right, right. Let him, let, him, let, him, let him work himself away. Let him work himself into it. Um, and he has a new offense coordinator. You know, that takes some time getting used to. If you, if you watch football, you know that when any time a quarterback has a new offense coordinator, they run the ball more until the quarterback gets adjusted to the, to the play calling and knowing where everybody's supposed to be at. In the middle of the season, let's see. Let's see where he where he at in the middle of the season. Right now, it's too early. Too yeah. early. He didn't he didn't get enough preseason um, reps. So, you know, let, let let him warm up to the coach to the coach and 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 I, 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 he looks he looks he looks okay to me. I just think he just you know got to knock some rust off and get used to the play calling. That's a key piece. Of it. it looks okay to you. The big question that I would give you from the other side, because I'm with you. I'm taking the time. I understand it's going to take a little bit to move and get really comfortable with all this. The other side of this would be this version of Jalen Hurts. You're not going where you want to go with. Right, 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 right. right. And that's that's the big question about being okay. Yes, he looks okay now, and it's been okay enough to get you through two games against lesser opponents, get yourself two wins. But boy, oh, boy. This version of Hurts, not getting you over the top. Yeah, you, you, you might be right about that. You, you know, he might not be able to get you over the top, but at the same time, you know, it's a team sport. Um, the, the the running backs are running good. So I, I'd rather for him to play like this and win the Super Bowl than for him to play out of his mind and not win anything. Fair enough. Fair enough, Brandon. I appreciate you checking in. Thanks, man. The, the one thing there. Not win a Super Bowl with that playing like Yeah, that's the problem. Like, if Patrick Mahomes, think back to last year's Super Bowl, right, where Patrick Mahomes played fantastic in that game, and Jalen Hurts played better than him, and you still lost. Jalen Hurts is playing like this in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. We're in a little bit of trouble, right? Like, that's potentially an issue. Yeah, now not, It's not 38-35. No. Like Brandon did say something. He said, wait till, like, half the season. And I, he might have just been saying that, just throwing out a number. I'm not waiting that long. Like, he, it, I told you. I think I said it earlier in the week. I forget when it was. Uh, week five is when I'm giving them is that that's that's it like if, if we don't start seeing like real signs week four against who that I think the commanders they play in week four they get the bucks and yep. the commanders if we don't start seeing some real improvements from Jalen Hurts then I'll be throwing up the question marks a little bit more so I'm giving him time I'm still giving him all Monday right next 10 days from now he still has that game to shake off a little bit of rust as well but I can't sit here and be like week nine Oh, still got to shake that rust off. <laughs> nah, man. Like, we're done at that point. That rust should be shaken off at this point. I have a Green Day rule. Good band. Wake me up when September ends. I like it. That's when I will be 
beginning my Jalen Hurts panic. And granted, that Commanders game is October 1st. But really, when we start to check in here for the first time in October, basically, here's how I'll I'll do this for the station listeners. I'll do this very simply for you. When I go in to see all of my good friends on the John Kincaid Show first Friday and get my free breakfast and hang out with them on the first Friday of October, if we're still having the conversation about Jalen Hurts and about where he's at, I'll be worried. That's an issue. That's Um, an issue. I think the one thing that shouldn't get overlooked here as well. Yes, you are correct. There is not. He didn't play a ton. He didn't play at all in the preseason. He's got to get used to the coordinator. He played very deep into the year last year. Obviously, everybody did, right, on the Philadelphia Eagles as they're playing into February. That's not something that he is used to. That's not something that a lot of guys are used to. It's something you see a little bit with the Phillies and their pitchers, where when you play that deep into a season and take that many more hits and have that much more stress and planning a game plan and everything like that, that might take a little bit of a toll, and it might leak into the next season. So I think that's something we should keep in mind as well. Also, how often did we talk about last year where – Jalen Hurts, for the first time since, what, high school, has the same coordinator in back-to-back seasons. That changed, right? It's a new coordinator once again. So I think that's something that you really need to keep in mind. Not ju- Again, as I said it earlier, not just having Brian Johnson here, but losing a guy like Shane Steichen, who we worked with for, what, two seasons and worked very well with for two seasons. So for anyone that's truly hitting the panic button on Jalen Hurts, other than if you're just a Jalen Hurts hater, which I know there are them out there. They're still there. Yes, they are absolutely there. If you are truly panicking about Jalen Hurts, I do think you need to take the time and just take a deep breath. Now, again, it's a lot easier when this team is 2-0. and This team is 0-2 right now. We might right. be having a different conversation, but they're not. They're 2-0. and Let me play a little bit of the devil's act. Devil's act. Like, let's say um, my at on Twitter is at Minshew season 25. McKee you know? season? Yeah, McKee season. I, I'm, I'm not a Hurts Pennsylvania. Yeah, well, let's not let's not, not dump on Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, you know they had a nice run there for, yes, for a little bit of time. Um, hopefully, you got to that before the 2017 season, so you saw the stock go up. Yes, but if I'm on the other side of this, and I'm not, so before you tweet, how could you say this about? Them? Even though they changed offensive coordinators last season, the hope and the belief for a team that's going to compete for a number of years is your quarterback elevates himself to the point where you're competitive, not just because of what you have around him, but because of who he is. And you say, well, does it matter how much they change the offense when you've got Jalen Hurts? And on top of that, you also elevated that quarterback coach that he knows for all those years. You elevated him because of, obviously... The relationship there, the familiarity, the fact that that's kind of the guy you would handpick for that. If you don't go Brian Johnson, you're not going to have a happy quarterback. So as much as the change, like, and this is the play the other side of the Hurts conversation here, because if the two of us are sitting here in agreement, as we are, about the way we feel about Hurts, I have to introduce the element here of the other side where, hey, he kind of handpicked the coordinator. It's kind of his guy. He's not playing up to standard. Oh, by the way, if you want to talk about him being in the top upper echelon of quarterbacks, he's got to go out there and play that way. I think there is such a difference between being 
groomed to be the offensive coordinator, being as involved in the offense as Brian Johnson was, and actually being the offensive coordinator of a football team. Agree. Right? Like that's the biggest thing here is like you could say all, and not you. I'm saying just anybody out there. Like you could say that all you want, where it's oh Brian Johnson, he's basically been the offensive coordinator. He's been in this offense the last two years. Why aren't we seeing instant? Instant mac and cheese. Like, why aren't we seeing this stuff happen right away, right? Because there is a big difference between being in the locker room, being in these discussions, being in the coach's room, being a part of the game plan, and actually having the pressure and having the job title of you are the offensive coordinator and the play caller. This is on you and nobody else who obviously can go around for help, right? But Shane Steichen, he got to lean a little bit on Brian Johnson. And Brian Johnson obviously was having input on what he wanted the offense to do and being a part of these discussions all the time. But it always came down to the last say, the final say is always Sirianni, but the final say before you get to Sirianni when it comes to the offense was on Shane Steichen, right? Now it's on Brian Johnson. So that is very different. It is a very different role despite him being here for a long time. So that would be my rebuttal to the people out there that would have that type of mindset. Well, if you have that type of mindset, 610-632-0975, try and fight Tom on that one. He's got a rebuttal for you. He's ready to go. I'm you can always also ready. Try and try and fight me on that one because I also am not yet in panic. I just had to give you the other side. Now, I want to go to someone who was victimized by the Eagles last night. Someone that, I don't know, maybe they had expectations going into the game. I can't imagine being a Vikings fan that was pumping your chest after what happened in week one. But we'll see what they were thinking. And that's Austin in Phoenixville, a Vikings fan checking in with us tonight. Austin, you're on 97.5 The Fanatic. Hey, Ray, I'm happy uh, that you're feeling great on this fine, beautiful Friday. I feel fantastic. Down. Definitely a little down after, after last night being a, being a Vikes fan in uh, Philadelphia territory. But I want to ask you about that, that first quarter because as biased as I am, you've got to admit that the, that the Vikes just are turnover machines in the first half. They're, they've been struggling to, to get it going. And so as good as the one game was for you guys, uh, as good as Hurts is, like a video game character at the the one yard line, uh, as much as they got going in the second half, are you concerned about uh, coming out slow against uh, better teams? Right, like Vikings might be one of the slowest teams to to start a game, and you get down against a a, a team and you, you can't rely on the run game. You know, it might be a different story. Absolutely, there are absolutely concerns in my mind about the way this team has started. We talked earlier about kind of the. Last year, the second quarter Eagles, how they would turn it on and they, their point differential in second quarters was crazy. And they would kind of figure it out before the end of the first half. You don't see it as much with this group about figuring it out right away. Back-to-back weeks where their opening drive looks very good and they only get three points out of it. And that's concerning, especially after that, the drives that will follow it. Uh, I think there's, there's definitely some things to be concerned with coming out of that first half. The great thing is, though, on a game where you didn't play your best, you were still able to be in kind of firm control of this one by the end, by the time you got to the end of that third quarter. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the, the Vikes always like to, to make it interesting and, and make us as fans feel like we have belief. And then it's taken away last second. And uh, you know, it looks like that happened again. Speaking uh, of just, belief, belief here as a Vikings fan, <laughs> how, how, how good you think the season's really going? Man, uh, it's, it's tough. The schedule's tough. Uh, I mean, we've got a lot, a lot of injuries we're struggling with. It's it's going to be uh, it's not going to be exactly uh, easing. I, I think our expectations are a little bit lower than uh, Eagles fans, right? Like you're talking about uh, Super going Bowl. back to Super Bowl. Yeah. So your your expectations for your QB are obviously going to be a little bit different than 
than someone who's got seven turnovers already in in the in the season. Yeah, just a little bit different. Just a little bit different. But we appreciate you checking in, Austin. Thank you for uh, giving us the uh, opposing Thanks, side man. here. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would not like to be a Vikings. Fan. No. Like, no, I was talking to Connor after post game about man, how's how's the family doing? Because you know, I just, I would hate to try and convince myself that I have the quarterback that can get it done. Right, that's part of the reason why I have a problem with the Seahawks choosing to go with Geno Smith and the Detroit Lions choosing to go with Jared Goff and the Vikings continuously going with Kirk Cousins. Are they going to win the games? Yeah. Are they going to win you a playoff game? Yeah, maybe. But when it comes down to it, they are not good enough, in my opinion, to get you over the hump. Jalen Hurts is. We saw that. Now, of course, he has to go out there and show it again this season. But this is a guy who put up the most points ever in a Super Bowl loss and went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, right? We know he has that in him. You don't know if Kirk Cousins, if Jared Goff, if Geno Smith, if Daniel Jones are the quarterbacks that have that in him. So I would say... a little bit like dealing with Wentz, man. Like, it just after 2018, after the injury and all the stuff with Foles, he just wasn't good enough to get you over the hump. And to have a quarterback like that on my team would drive me absolutely crazy. Sorry, Alfie. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's a brutal, brutal existence for them. But you talk about Hurts being the one. Go, Tommy. No, sorry, real quick. Um, Because... He said, the caller said earlier that, does it concern you a little bit bit about getting off to slow starts? What happens against a better team? And I have heard people say that, like, oh, like, this hasn't looked good, right? What is going on here? This needs to be better. I think part of us should be looking at it this way. They have played two eh games, and they are still 2-0. They've shown that they're able to win games. Now, it's not the most formidable opponent, but they're able to win games even if they're not playing their best games, right? That's what they've shown us. And they've covered twice. Did they cover last night or no? No, I guess they didn't. Six and a half. Regardless, they still like... Well, they, I think I got as low to six. So they might have pushed. So they might. Okay, regardless. But like... Did your bet cover last night? Six, one... <laughs> I think you should maybe look at it like that if you're panicking a little bit, where, look... They've found a way to win two games. And, yeah, you got some lucky bounces. That's for damn sure. A lot of turnovers early in that game. A ton of drop passes from the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of stuff has gone your way. But guess what? You've still found a way to get it done despite playing, what, like a C game, a C-plus game, especially looking at your quarterback. That's a good sign. It is. It is still something that I get concerned about. sure. Especially the first drive of the game. Because you get to, and this is back-to-back weeks where I didn't like what they were doing to attack in the red zone. And they only end up with three points. And if they're not going to really do well outside of that opening drive in the first half, put a touchdown on the board, man. Like they, like, they have not looked particularly good in the pieces of the first, like, all right, let's take you through the drives that follow that opening field goal. Three and out, which, by the way, that punt, that uh, on that three and out, fumbled, goes back to the birds, interception from Hertz. Bad interception from Hertz, following a three and out. And that also came off an opportunity that your defense, uh, special teams really, gave you. Oh, by the way, the next time you get the ball is off of another fumble. You have another three and out. You go to kick the field goal. You miss the field goal. Then finally, you put together a good drive in the second quarter. But you look at the amount of times there, the Vikings were trying to hand you the game. 
They were trying to gift wrap this game. Hey, Eagles, go win it. We're good. 0-2, let's go back to Minnesota. Much like the Patriots last week. Right, and you did not get off to that. And, but at least last week you took advantage. Early, least, but you couldn't You couldn't put the... Couldn't put them away. Yes, exactly. You couldn't and put you the couldn't final put them away because you went three and out Correct. a million times. So, yeah, I, I see where you're going. It's just the frustration there of after the opening drive, this is multiple weeks in a row where you see... Instead of this time being consecutive three and outs, it's a pair of three and outs. And, oh, by the way, a bad interception, which we spent how much time on Wednesday night? Well, the one thing about her is takes care of the football. Takes care of the football. And this is... That this was horrible. Part, that was a terrible... Horrible. Terrible interception. Very unlike Hurts. And that's part of the conversation. And we go back to what we played on Wednesday. We played the clip from Adam Schefter that I did not realize what it did on socials. Did you see? Uh, with the what, station kind of got account? ratioed. Like, Uh-oh. big time. Well, technically, it's Adam Schefter getting ratioed. Yeah, but, but whoa, man, the people were hot and bothered by that <laughs> one. I mean, that was quite... But uh, Yeah, I'm not shocked by that. Adam Schefter basically was on the airwaves, and, and we can get to the audio. We can we can play it for you one time on Wednesday, talking about a potential regression season for Jalen Hurts. And we, well, we went back at that, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, and then he had that game again on Thursday and, you know, might lean to his thing. But I can't get concerned. Again, I can't go down that regression path as of yet. And I especially can't do it at 2-0, knowing what I know about him and given all the context. If I was some national guy and I was opening up a show in, in Utah today and for some reason the birds were on my mind because they wanted me to talk Thursday night football, maybe I, maybe I start down that path. I know the context of the situation. We've all been close enough to this where I, I can't begin to go down the path of, I think that this is going to be a step back for him. We did get ratioed. Big time. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Time. 94 quotes, 53 likes. Just two retweets. Mm-hmm. Schefter, come on, man. Getting ratioed. Got to be ratioed out here. It was tough, man. The people people had a lot to say about that one. But we're, we're curious what the people have to say out there at 610-632-0975. I mentioned grading out the other side of the football. And I want to get into it because... It was interesting the way Nick Sirianni attacked talking about the two units after the game. And that piqued my interest about, okay, maybe I, I was being too kind to the defensive side of the football. We'll get to that. We'll take your phone calls, whether it be Hertz, whether it be H.A. Brown, or when we get into this defensive conversation at 610-632-0975. He's Tom Alvord. I'm Ray Dunn. Take you through the evenings right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. 97.5 The Fanatic. BackstageCountry.com Your online home for all things country music Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text QUEENS to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com Text QUEENS to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list 97.5 97.5 The Fanatic. Welcome back into evenings here on 97.5 The Fanatic. Hey, name that tune, Tom. It's ludicrous. Correct. This one Does wasn't my choosing. Yeah. Move. Correct. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I didn't right. choose this one. I forgot. Oh, that's why I like it. Oh. Ha ha. I'm Ray Dunn. Funny. He's Tom Howard. Yes. She's Savannah Keller. That's correct. We're all hanging out with you this evening. As uh, 
DeAndre Swift basically said move fill in the blank to everybody on the Vikings defense. Just actually offensive line. I'll give offensive line credit on that one. Though Swifty, uh, he was he was dancing around people. Did for you quite see a bit. the one stat? Swift was 2. fantastic. Two point three yards before contact. Or was it was two point seven yards before contact. I hope which I have is it absurd. Safe. Absolutely absurd from the offensive line. That's, NFL on ESPN. There we go. DeAndre Swift had 133 rushing yards before contact last night. Yeah. 133 yards before he got touched. Yeah, their offensive line is pretty good at run blocking, I would yeah. say. Running back two, though, remember? Yes. Yeah. Which I, I said last night, but seriously, I, I know they opened up the Sirianni presser with the conversation about A.J. Brown, which fair, fair. But... I would have. So, you think uh, Swift's going to see more touches than he did in week one going forward with Kenneth Gainwell healthy? I am so curious how they handle this running back room going forward. Rashad Penny, he's not a thing anymore, obviously. Like, I know well, he got he can't some. can't pick up a blitz. Uh, well, that's for sure. And he can't play special teams. And Boston Scott can. And Kenny Gainwell is not getting losing touches because of Rashad Penny. And obviously, DeAndre Swift isn't doing it either. Rashad Penny is a guy that a lot of people were very excited about. And Including I just, me. Yeah, and I get it, right? When he's healthy, there's a ton a of talent of there. But it's, to me, it just I was never really buying it that he was going to be the top guy here. And, I mean, for him, he was getting, like, late garbage time stuff last night when the game was, like, pretty much out of re- reaching that fourth quarter. And, of course, when DeAndre Swift needed a break. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy who had three carries yesterday in Rashad Penny for nine yards. Also had a catch as well. But, like, Rashad Penny is... Doesn't seem like he's going to be on this roster when those two guys are healthy and game well in DeAndre Swift. Well, he does have a little bit more job security now. Uh, Trey Sermon waved off of his reserve. That. Yes. So, All the Trey Sermon truthers out there yeah, that were unless, mad when they initially cut him. Unless they're bringing back Kenny Brooks. Looks like uh, he's pretty sick. Kenny Brooks is going to be one of those guys that stays in my brain for a long time. And it's strictly because of that depth chart where it was everyone was running back one except except him. for Kenny Brooks, and he yeah. was number six. I am I'm so intrigued how they handle this running back room going forward because like DeAndre Swift, that guy needs to get as many touches as possible until it proves that he either can't handle the workload or he's maybe this past week was a fluky game and he's not nearly that kind of running back. Which is, I mean, I don't know if he's no one's that kind of running back, 175 yards a game. But you get what I'm saying. I'm really curious how they handle this because game will probably be healthy next Monday. So, during one of the fill-ins I did this summer, I believe it was middays, the question was made about bold predictions. It's not the bold you had about the Eagles. Love it. And this will be my kind of spike the football, I'm a football guy thing. Love it. Uh, and it's only coming after the Swift game. I did not mention it after week one because, well, you know, it would have looked dumb. I said DeAndre Swift will get a think piece by the end of the season about him as an offensive player of the year. I like that. Just because of this system, because of his talent, because of the way I thought he fit, which I was like, oh, I was sitting there last Sunday, on Sunday, like, come on, man. Like, I don't know if I'm that dumb. Like, I thought this was a, was a home run. Like, how do you not involve him more? That was absolutely inexcusable what happened yeah. in week one. And Nick Sirianni said it himself, right? It sh- and you are correct. Like, if he had the ability to get the touches, if they gave him the touches, he very much, he very well could be that kind of back. Like, if he got the touches Miles Sanders got last year, where Miles Sanders had 259 attempts, the next highest running back was Boston Scott at 54 carries last year. He had over 200 more than the second running back, right? Gainwell was actually third on that list. If DeAndre Swift, and they like Gainwell a lot, so that's not going to be the case, but if, if DeAndre Swift was given 259 attempts this season, if healthy, and the next highest was 54, 
more than 200 less, he could be that type of player. I just don't think that's going to happen here. Yeah. I also think to preserve him, probably best doesn't. Well, he's a free agent after this year. Like, what are you preserving him for? I, I get late in the season. Late in the season. Yeah, I get that. Uh, but like, I, I want him healthy at the end. Yeah. I don't know. I, I want my best players to touch the ball as much as possible. I said it all last season. It annoyed me when I when Boston Scott was getting touches over Sanders, except for the Giants games. And it annoyed me even when Gainwell was getting touches over Sanders. Now, Gainwell proved that he earned those touches because he was the best back in the playoffs and everything like that. But I want my best players touching the ball at all times. But I understand in today's NFL, that's just not how they handle things anymore at the running back position. Absolutely. And we're going to get into that running back position a little bit more. We'll, we'll break it down a little bit Sorry, more. Sorry, I got excited because no, you mentioned right. DeAndre I Swift. Upset. I'm, I'm excited too, man. If you say so. They're 2-0. and oh. Could have fooled me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, guys, they won, but I'm disappointed. 6-1-0. No, uh, I'm excited too. 2-0. Oh. It's, it's a good day to be talking football. And it's always good. On a football Friday here on the Fanatic. Football Friday on the Fanatic is presented by Pump Man Philly for 24-7 emergency repair or pump replacement. Count on Pump Man Philly, the guys to know, to fix your flow. Now, we mentioned a couple of things at the outset of this show. We opened up with Hurts and the concern about Jalen Hurts and whether or not you are concerned about Jalen Hurts. We got to a couple people that so far I think very uh, very even keeled, uh, very, very much not worrying, checking in with us at 610-632-0975. We jumped into a little bit about just the just a weird A.J. Brown. The and It's all only weird for me because of the way Sirianni addressed it. Otherwise, it's just a wide receiver that wanted the ball more. And we didn't have to dance anymore around it. Devontae Smith, I think, nailed it perfectly. We played both, both clips from that. But I mentioned, and this is good work by Silvana. Silvana heard me say, hey, that Schefter audio from the other day, the, the regression season. And this kind of ties in back to the concern about Hurts. I want to play it one more time now, given the context of two games that we've seen Jalen Hurts and whether or not, because you and I kind of rebuked it pretty quickly. And I mentioned it got, you know, quite the traction on uh, the old Bird app. Yes. How does the Adam Schefter audio sound to you now following a second lackluster Hurts game? Well, he performed at such a high level last year. And not only did he perform at a high level, but now you change the OCs. And so it's not the same. There should be improvements that he makes because he's Jalen Hurts. He's going through his third year, all those things. But it is hard to play at that level that he played at last year on a consistent basis year after year. Inevitably, there's some natural regression, of course. But he's good enough to be able to play really well for them to win games. It's just it's not always going to be smooth and easy. It's not always going to be smooth and easy. Pretty good assessment of what was coming on Thursday. Yeah, and again, correct on that point. Adam Schefter joins the John Kincaid Show every Wednesday at 820. Uh, for more just conversation, for looking for that next week, he'll be back to break things down as things happen in the National Football League this weekend. But it's interesting to listen to it again in the context of that because I keep going back to one piece of it. As much as I highlight there at the end of it, it's not always going to be smooth and easy. To me, it's he's Jalen Hurts. He's going to make improvements. And that, to me, is why, as the league adjusts to him, as he gets a new coordinator, as he figures out what this next iteration of greatness would be for him, I, I just don't waver in confidence. And as much as you know, the, the regression alarm bells were sounded there, and after two games, some people are sounding the alarm bells about him, I can't get to that point yet. I still can't. Even though last night was not the... Dominant was not the big-time performance of, what, 300 yards a year ago against the Vikings. I remember when he folds his arms coming off the field after the pass to Quez. That was awesome. And it was like, oh, 
man, has Jalen Hurts arrived. Monday night football. And not just any Monday night. They got Buck and Aikman doing Monday night football now. He's arrived. This is his moment. And, you know, this time in the prime time against the Vikings, he kind of matched the Al energy. Where it's like, yeah, you know, we know this guy's supposed to be great, but eh, not having his best night. Not a fan of Al Michaels anymore? Oh, dude. You, you, I wasn't listening. Dodged the bullet night, last night by not listening. Is it that bad? It was bad. Herb it was, Street's good. They, he though, said right? the vet. He said that they were at the vet. Yeah. Welcome oh, back nice. to Veterans Stadium. Is that what he said? Oh yeah. I swear. Welcome to. Okay. Yeah. It was not good. Not Al Michaels. The fastball. I don't know if he couple lost miles. it, but it was definitely a couple miles slower than it had been. Yikes. Yeah. Not great. Uh, didn't definitely did not make up for the uh, lackluster Philly special call last night. <laughs> he just did it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Well, I guess that's why he's on Amazon now. Oh, hey, man. Chase paid him a lot of money. Yeah, do, do, do your thing, man. Do your thing, Al. Continue to get your money. All right. I've been teasing us talking about defense for a little bit now, and I want to get to it. And if you want to jump in, I know we just played that audio on Hertz, and we had the conversation early on here about the concern about Jalen Hertz. Feel free at 610-632-0975. Uh, but I want to get to this because Nick Sirianni last night and Connor pointed out on postgame as he pointed out naturally I was listening to him oh, okay yeah take a note we got into it for a couple minutes but tight postgame a lot happening we didn't get to really break it down Nick Sirianni offered kind of his assessment at 2-0 how do you feel about the two units how do you feel about your offense how do you feel about your defense and this is what he had to say about the early returns we didn't play our cleanest game. Um, you know, I think the first the first week was a little bit of a more clean game for the defense and not as clean for the offense and a little bit vice versa uh, tonight. So, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll go back. It's, you know, you're right. We're 2-0. and um, And a lot of teams would like to be sitting at 2-0. and So he's, he gives you, and obviously that the thrill of being 2-0 and is bookending that, but he gives you that it was cleaner for the defense a week ago, cleaner for the offense this week. My issue is, as much as the stats at the end of the day, you sit there with, oh, how many yards the Vikings pour up? You know, if you're if you just check the fantasy numbers for Kirk Cousins, you feel pretty good about the way he performed. If you ask me, defense played above its head once again, and in terms of a clean, yeah, when he thinks about it schematically in the second half, where their breakdowns, where their safeties out of position, defensive backs that didn't quite know what they were doing at some points, yeah, that wasn't it. Wasn't the cleanest game there? I'm not going to sell you that it, it looked like uh, shut down secondary out there, but I will tell you, I felt like given the elements, it was a very good defensive game, considering they were up big. The Vikings made their charge back, but you did just enough. And also, by the way, you forced four turnovers. Yes. You put your offense in a position to succeed again. Now, one of those was on special teams, I believe. Right. right. That was one yeah. that was knocked out special teams-wise. Regardless, so though. You, you forced three turnovers on that end. Multiple turnovers, yes. Uh, the four the bench of defensive guys that are forced them. I think it was at Evans that popped it tomorrow. Yes. So those are guys that are getting tick on defensive time. Excuse me for being a little, you know, meh on the special teams. Defensive guys doing defensive things. They didn't look like special teams because that would have been a nice return had it uh, not been for the fumble. So I'm sitting there. I understand in terms of execution of the game plan, being disappointed in the cleanliness of it. But for me, what you needed out of a defense where it was slay and the rest of the national audience watching going, who? Playing in the secondary for this team? And especially the way your defensive front flew around? I felt like it was a solid defensive performance. Yeah, I mean, 
It was one garbage time touchdown to TJ Hawkinson, which won me money, money by the way. So thank Congrats. you for that. But seems like you're betting against the birds, but <laughs> no, it's not what it was. Um, you are one garbage Good time no touchdown. Comment. That 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 fourth touchdown came what with a minute left in the fourth quarter when you were up 14 points, wherever it was. Like that's other than that, you let up 21 points to a team with Justin Jefferson, with Kirk Cousins in the regular season, and Alexander Madison, all that good stuff, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, whatever, right? Like 21 points, being without James Bradbury, being without N'Kobe Dean, Reed Blankenship, and Avante Maddox, who obviously went out in that game as well, and we'll have an update on Avante Maddox, which is quite unfortunate, that we'll get into in just a little bit. But um, I thought they played okay last night. I did. Now, look, like you said, if you look at Kirk Cousins' number, you look at Justin Jefferson' numbers, you're like, what are you talking about? They didn't play well. Like, Kirk Cousins had a QB rating of 125 last night, right? No, yeah, but if you I, went to bed and you wake up today and you read the, the stat sheet, you're like, oh, what are you guys yeah, doing? Yeah, exactly. And, like, also, they took advantage of being able to get turnovers early and being able – like, that game could have been – 50 to 20 28 realistically right if the offense stepped up early in that game like the defense kind of kept you in that game for a little bit in the first half right because they played they only had what they had 13 points at halftime the philadelphia eagles did it was 13 to 7 right that could have easily been 24 to 7 if the offense did their job in the first half yeah so given the circumstances i thought the the run game run defense has been fantastic to start the season fan it's better than last year. It is. And that was a big worry that we had coming into the season, right? Because you lose a guy in Javon Hargrave, and I know he's more of a pass rusher, but still, like, that's a staple of the interior defensive line. How is Jordan Davis going to look this season? Uh, fantastic is the answer to that second question. But for Alexander Madison, who is a good running back, I believe, eight carries, 28 yards. And Ramondre Stevenson last week was the second leading rusher on the Patriots behind Ezekiel Elliott. Like, you shut those guys down. You're getting pressure from the defensive line. And this is without Nolan Smith, who's getting very little snaps, and Hassan Reddick, who's been a disappearing act the first two games of the season. Now, we'll give him time as well, as much as like we're going to give Jalen Hurts time. But, like, I've been, I was impressed with the defense last night. Like, the defense was okay. Justin Jefferson is going to get his. They're going to score points. But it was 21 points allowed with a minute left in the fourth quarter when that game was out of reach. That's good enough with all the injuries that they had last night. Yeah, and that's the thing. Again, I, it's... In with a bunch of practice squad linebackers. Right. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, it's today's NFL. So it's already tougher to be good on defense. Uh, then you put in the Addison, the Jefferson, the Hawkinson, Kirk Cousins. And it's it's becoming like, you ever describe a friend or someone that you know, and the thing you start out is, uh, well, they're a really nice guy. Yes. And you start with the nice guy because you're about to deliver the, but. Yeah. To me, the Kirk Cousins discussion is always, well, he's a veteran quarterback. And that's like the nice guy equivalent, where it's like he's a veteran quarterback, so he's seen a lot. You know he's been around the game for a while for a reason. He's a veteran quarterback. And as much as you don't love him, he's a veteran quarterback that has weapons at his disposal against the secondary of Slay and kind of the collection of guys that they thought of as depth. Yeah, They thought, of, you know, we bring this guy, we bring that guy in. Um, and, of course, the, the linebackers over the moat, which I, I Thought linebacker Corden for all of what you needed. I was not sitting there begrudging their existence, which was kind of nice. Overall, I look at the, the 28 points put up, and I, I sit there, and as much as Sirianni says, well, it wasn't clean, I think you can have a game that maybe execution-wise 
what you were looking at schematically. And I, I think back, I think it was Evans that bit that bit on the uh, long touchdown to Addison. To Addison, yeah, yeah, and it, then made a terrible attempt at a tackle after he caught the ball. By the way, too. Yeah, which, he, he regardless. Pretty much got he was got turned by Cousins. Cousins kind of looked him off and did a great job just opening up the receiver into space. You know, you have the, those moments where you're like, well, that wasn't technically clean. But as much as it wasn't clean, it got the job done for you. And I think that, to me, defensively, I keep saying I'm grading him on a curve. I'm grading him on a curve. In terms of grading guys out, got to give a lot of credit to Sean Desai. I mean, right now, you think about this defense with the last guy in charge and how much he cashed a check on the talent he had. I know. Again, the end numbers don't look great. Maybe I'm a little harsh to Gannon on this one. But Desai right now is doing more with a lot less. And I don't know how confident we'd be in saying that the last guy would have done that. So to me, I understand where Sirian is coming from in the sense that he has to go in there and, and his job isn't like, oh, well, they did enough today. His job is let's make sure they do enough tomorrow. But for me, what the, what I got out of that game, I come back and say back-to-back weeks, this defense played above their head. And for a group that we thought was going to get off to a slow start, uh, they are certainly not the unit that I'm most concerned about. I I still am because I need to see it long-term with the, how they Concerned hand- about what I've seen. What do you see? Okay, saying. yeah, yeah, yes, correct, yes. Concerned about what you've seen so far. I'm more concerned with the offense and as concerned as you can be two weeks into a season and right. two games in five days, right? I'm more concerned from what I've seen from the offense than the defense so far. But as I mentioned, the long-term outlook on this, you're without Nicobe Dean for another three games after this. You are without Avante Maddox for probably the rest of the season. That's what it looks like. And you're already weak at the safety spot and at the middle line or at the linebacker position as a whole. So long-term, yeah, a bit more concerned with the defense. But from what I've seen the past two games, defense I think has been quite all right. Yeah, and that's to me – you were looking for that that growth, and you were looking for them to kind of step into a, a bigger spot with what you were expecting. <laughs> so far, I got to be thrilled with it. And something that's been very interesting to me is Fletcher Cox. And the fact is, I think the number, I think it might have been 76% of the snaps. He went back-to-back games, 40-plus snaps, where... He goes, I think it was 70% in this game, but he goes 40-plus back-to-back games on just a few days rest. And we talked about a guy who a season ago was like, oh, all right, let's bring in more players. He might be cooked. You're looking at him in a bit of a role, and if there's anyone that's kind of taking the bull by the horns of that group, obviously you've been impressed with what you got from Carter, growth from Davis, but Fletcher Cox was a little bit of a renaissance that I uh, I don't I can't tell you that I anticipated. No, on me either. I mean, a lot of people did not like that signing when it happened, right? A lot of people were ready to say goodbye. Yeah, I know a lot of people were, right? But I think it ended up being the right decision, at least right now, not only because of the production that we've seen from the first two weeks, and who knows if he's going to be able to keep that play up, and who knows what the snaps are going to look like, but the leadership that he brings, right? Like, Tim McManus put out a great story a couple weeks ago on ESPN talking about Jalen Carter, and part of the quote in there was, or part of the story in there was a quote from Fletcher Cox, or Jordan Davis, excuse me, Jalen Carter, talking about Fletcher Cox, saying, yeah, he checks up on me all the time. He's always calling me always asking me, keeping me up to date, making making sure I'm keeping him up to date. Like that is a huge, huge factor in something that you can't look past when you're when you're talking about signing a guy like Fletcher Cox because of the leadership. However, I don't believe that the seventy six percent snaps are gonna keep up for Fletcher Cox. I, I don't. Like 
Even and a guy like Milton Williams only had forty percent. Jalen Carter forty eight percent. Jordan Davis twenty nine percent. Like eventually, I think that's probably the reasoning before that. They're going to be cautious and they're going to take it slow with the young guys, Davis, Carter, and I guess Williams you can throw in there, even though he's not that young. But they're going to be more cautious with those two guys early. Maybe they give Fletcher Cox, yo, man, we need you like the first four weeks, give us your all, and then we're going to bring you down like under 50% while these guys progress more into the NFL. So I don't think we're going to see that very often as the season goes along where he's playing almost double the snaps of some of these other guys. But it's working so far, and again, team's doing well. Team is 2-0. And, and we're lo- I, again, I got to go back to loving the record, not loving everything I've seen, but I'm not going to do the show of, you know, I feel like they lost even though they won. We've been stressed out for, uh, I think, the majority of, I guess, the opening six quarters. I think by the, I'll be honest, I got into the comfort level of the game being over by, uh, by the end of the third. I felt good. I felt good. I settled in. In the I second was, half. I, I was did. feeling good. Yeah. The only, I did make the joke to Connor of like, oh, you know, special teams right here, that last punt, which by the way, you don't punt it to him there. The, the punt to end Remind the game. Remind me which one. Uh, legitimately the last play they had where they had the ball because they punted it to uh, the Vikings and the Vikings heaved the Hail Mary. There's no reason that should have been punted yeah, inbounds. Sure, sure. That should have been punted out. Yes, uh, That was the only moment where I wavered for a second. I was like, oh, my goodness. This, the way the camera's going, this punt's going to land in his hands. We get into Sean Jackson 2.0 uh, yeah, here, like, but on the other side. I was gonna, we're going to get Jackson here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do post-game. I'm, I'm going to be the guy that hosted the day after they uh, won the World Series and the day after they got to Sean Jackson, or lost the World Series and the day after they got to Sean Jackson. Like, I, I was like, I think my debut's on different programs here. <laughs> Not very good. Speaking of special teams, real quick, Sipos, not only that point, he had one earlier. I think it was the one that ended up being a fumble that was an absolute duck. That literally, it looked like it went 30 yards. That was a problem. And Britton Covey, my man, look, I've tried to back you, right? I've said that in today's era of football, you can survive with a guy like Britton Covey because he takes care of the football. Don't be putting the football on the ground, my guy. That can't happen. Cannot happen. So that needs to get cleaned up. But we knew that coming into the season that special teams was going to be an issue. Yeah, Potentially. Absolutely. I want to go back to the defense here. I'm, I'm curious how people grade out the defense after two weeks. If you lean more with Sirianni and that eh, wasn't that clean, I'm not too thrilled. Or if you're like me and kind of over the moon about the fact that they've been able to get by with what they've got so far, jump on into the conversation at 610-632-0975. Now coming up at 8 o'clock, we're going to get a chance to talk with Chris Franklin, NJ.com, covering the birds. A little bit of the insider perspective on everything that happened last night and ask some questions about a team that, well, injuries are mounting, but the wins also mounting so far. And we'll jump into that again. Take your phone calls at 610-632-0975. He's Tom Alvord. I'm Ray Dunn. We're hanging out with you on the evenings right here. 97.5 The Fanatic. 97.5 The Fanatic. Savannah, very comfortable uh, back there. Yeah, yeah. She's feeling herself a little bit. I thought it was funny. I'm Ray Dunn. He's Tom Albert. She's Sylvana Keller. We're hanging out with you here. Evenings on 97.5 The Fanatic. Chris Franklin coming up in about 10 minutes. Talk all things birds. Get you set for, well, honestly, not really getting you set for week three because we got so much time to go to. Yeah, don't hold your breath there, buddy. Yeah. Getting you set with what's next in what feels like a bye week. Even though it's not necessarily, you're still over seven days until the next Birds game. Uh, and obviously looking back at what happened last night. We've been doing that throughout. We open with the concern on Jalen Hurts and whether or not 
you find yourself concerned at this point about where Hertz is at. On top of that, the AJ Brown fiasco. And is that what it is? It's a it's yes. a fiasco because it becomes a fiasco outside of here. Like here, we understand the context, and also, I don't want to say that some people that react to football don't watch football, but I I'm going to say true. that some people that react to football don't actually watch football because whoa, AJ Brown's upset on the sideline. Like this isn't something that happens every week. And we had to do an entire offseason of digs, too, with all, yep. with all that. Oh. But even more so when it's Hurts and Brown, because it's like, if you have any understanding of their relationship, they're boys. They're best friends. Like, they literally like, FaceTimed each other as soon as the trade was made. Right. Didn't he, isn't he like the godparent of the daughter, of A.J. Brown's daughter? I'm pretty sure that's... I'm going to look it up, but that's how oh, close they are. I didn't know that. That Checks would be really cute. Sounds so. like a great story. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, I thought I, I remember like hearing it. something about that. Now, we're going to get back to the phones at 610-632-0975. We'll start with Dolph in just a second. But we haven't gotten a ton from another member of this show that was down there last (laughs) evening. I'm surprised that I actually have a voice because I, my voice might not sound like it, but it's pretty deep. So it doesn't go that high when I yell. Like, the volume of it doesn't actually get louder. It just really strains my voice. So I was I was yelling a lot. Well, there was a lot and to be booing. excited about. Are you amongst the uh, the uh, Brian Johnson uh, first quarter boos raining down? I might have booed. Um, you can't confirm or deny her feelings. I can't feelings. confirm or deny that I booed. I was yelling to run the ball, of course. So... But overall, so we, we've looked at a couple of topics here. Real quick. Okay, real quick. Hertz is the godfather of Brown's two-year-old daughter, Aww, Jersey. That's Sweet. so cute. I knew I had that right. My apologies. Keep, keep going. You pay such great attention to this team, man. I'd listen, buddy. I love that story. Locked in. He's locked in. He knows that's the cute. personal details. That is cool. That is really cool. Uh, so I think they're okay. Yeah, I would say yeah. they're okay. <laughs> Obviously, they are uh, see each other as family. Yeah. So. And family, I don't know about you guys. My family, from time to time, when competition is involved, there's oh occasionally my. some yelling. There's some bickering. Yes. Oh, a lot of trash talking. My younger brother, usually, my younger brother's the biggest loser. We would play Madden. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait, no, the sorest loser? The sorest loser. That's better. Okay. He's the, the biggest loser, loser alive. I actually kind of like that. <laughs> biggest loser. Start calling people out. Who in your family don't you like? 610 <laughs> Well, we're already ranking kids, so. We would, Gotta get back we would to literally that. play Madden together, and he would be beating me by, say, 50 points. And if I scored one touchdown, he would turn the game off. Oh, my God. Jeez. He was that bad. Granted, he, would, he would be like eight years old at the time, right. but still. Now, from last night, Hurts. I assume you're still not concerned. You don't strike me no. as someone that gets overly concerned about these things. No, I just think when I look at him, I feel like he's just maybe missing some confidence or something. I feel like his energy is a bit down. And I think, you know, just the caliber that he played last year, you know it's there. Mm-hmm. You know it's there. You know it's possible. You know that he is so determined as a person and has an extremely hard work ethic and holds himself accountable and he wants to play good like he you think it's a little frustration on the this was a lot easier to me last year no i don't think so at all i'm just saying you know even if he might be struggling i think it's definitely knocking some rust off and he played one of the longest seasons that he has in what how many years so 
there's so many different factors. I mean, I would rather him showing some sort of like, I don't think it's a struggle. I think it's more so as he hasn't gotten back into his rhythm of super confident, you know, the frustration plays. there. Yeah. yeah, the frustration there. I got you. Yeah. And the, you, you just kind of went into it with the fiasco. I'm calling it fiasco just because the way it was blown up. But I think you're with us on this. Like, it's a non-story. I just oh, thought no. it was so weird Sirianni lied. I mean, I could see why he lied. I'm sure he just didn't want to get into it. And it's never good to be like, oh, yeah, like they were fighting. I'm sure he didn't want to throw them under the bus. Like, I can see it from maybe like a PR standpoint and just trying to tame the media. I mean, we know how the media can get, especially in this city, and how they, you know, take things and run with it. I think that's just what he was trying to do. He was trying to protect his players from it. Granted, I'm sure he didn't know that a camera was showing that exact moment I and think, him in it. I think that's probably what it is. Like, obviously, these guys are paying attention. Obviously, there's cameras everywhere. I don't know if Sirianni thought, hey, that exact moment of me being in the middle of them got on camera. He probably thought, oh, it got on camera that they were going back and forth with each other. And then maybe that's all he knows, right? Like, I, I truly think that... Maybe he didn't know that that moment was caught on camera. Of course, it's going to get caught on camera some part of the argument, quote unquote. I'm holding out the belief that he just didn't realize that he was on camera for national television. Why are you lying, though? Because I... Because you don't want to throw anyone under the bus. You don't want to call attention to something that happened. You don't want to make it turn into a bigger problem than it being not a problem. Ask me the question. Ask me the question. I I don't know how it was phrased. (laughs) But in general... Hey, Nick, uh, what happened with um, Devontae Smith, or excuse me, with uh, A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts? A little bit of a a bickering going on there. You know, I can't get into conversations that happen on the sidelines. You know, that's between us. We keep that in-house. Those are just two competitors that want to go out there, win the football game, and they want to do the best for their team. So it's nothing more, nothing less, just two guys trying to go win a football game. Follow-up. Did you actually talk smack to that Giants fan on a tennis court a couple years ago? No comment. No (laughs) comment. Back to the game. Back to the game. Like, I mean, I think it's as simple as that. You just give me the cliche of a couple of competitors battling out, going out for a win. Don't lie. Just don't lie. You know, I'm not asking for too much here. All right. We're going to get into uh, plenty with Chris Franklin coming up from NJ.com at 8 o'clock. Before we get there, I want to get back to the phone line, 610-632-0975 and talk to Dolph in Downingtown. Dolph, you're on 97.5 The Fanatic. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I've been out of the loop all day, so I apologize if this has been covered. but I've been very curious if anyone asked Nick why they didn't go for two on the last touchdown. Uh, you know, they went up 12 and kicked an extra point to go up 13, um, and it could have come back to, to bite them. I was just curious if anybody found out about that. I was so interested about that, too, because I think I saw, I want to say, and I'm giving props here when I don't don't know. This is one of my feel facts. I think it was Jimmy Kemsky that had tweeted, uh, could, could someone explain this to me, basically? Could someone give me... Uh, you know, could some nerd nerd this out for me on why they didn't go for two? And I, I'm really not sure why they wouldn't do it there. Other than the fact that they might have felt comfortable and where they were at. We're like, eh, you know, we're good. But I feel like you should have gone for two. I mean, you, you can't feel comfortable being up two scores with four minutes left, like to not go for two, right? That doesn't make, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not, no, I got I'm you. just saying that, that wouldn't make sense if Nick said, yeah, no, we think we were cool especially with the way the defense is playing, you know, you had a, a bunch of guys hurt. Um, and that offense, I mean, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, like that's still a lethal offense. Right. Right. So, yeah. I was sitting there. I was also confused of why they didn't do it. I guess the the best excla- 
as explanation. That's the word I'm looking for right there. Would be that they were just maybe they didn't have uh, the wherewithal in that moment. It just seems kind of like a mismanaged time for them to not go for two. I I don't know, not taking the risk, but I, I'm I'm pushing for two there because I want to be back up fourteen. Yeah, you're up twelve. It's a two touchdown game, regardless. I mean, that's just poor. They had, I think they had all of their timeouts. I mean, even if you recognize, hey, you know, you, you call timeout. That that's what it's for, and you set something up. I didn't know if anybody had asked him or if, if I had missed anything today, but um, but yeah, in general, I feel good. I mean, good teams win when they're not playing well, and uh, it's this is kind of preseason for us. I think the coordinators are just feeling things out. I think. By the time we get to December, you know, we'll we'll have won enough games. We're not, in, you know, going to be concerned about making the playoffs, and we'll hit our stride, and I feel good about where we're at. Well, there you go. Dolph, you feel nice and relaxed. We appreciate you checking in with us tonight. Dolph, thanks, right, man. Thanks a lot. Have a great night, guys. Yeah, you, you too, buddy. Too. So there you go. Nice, nice brimming positivity. I didn't even realize that, honestly. Like, I, I don't know if I was just on a high from the game still being there Probably. and everything, and that game's, like, out of, out of reach at that point, at least it felt like to me. But I, that's something that I didn't even realize, so I'm glad you did catch it yourself. Yeah, in that moment, I was like, what, what are we doing here? Why aren't we going for two? Yeah, because that could potentially come back to haunt you. That's, that's for damn sure. I looked at it as, like, time in the game, I guess, you know. They don't want to show any other two point plays like I, in a game that they oh, think man. is out. I, it's I, the regular season. I, I think I, it's I, time to show what you got. I but agree. Someone that's going to show us what he got is on the Comcast business hotline like, right man. now. Yeah. yeah, Chris Franklin, Manjay.com, covers the birds on the Comcast business hotline. Comcast every day in business is a big day. Let Comcast business keep you ready for what's next. And after a pair of victories that uh, you know maybe not the prettiest, but they got themselves done. Chris joins us. Chris, how are you tonight? Doing well. You're right. It has been a weird first two weeks with this team. It's crazy. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. I'm just trying to make sense of all of it. I'm glad we've got you here to kind of help us to go about making sense of all this. I kind of want to start right where a lot of the conversation felt like it went today, and that's around the quarterback. After two games, how do you kind of grade out the performance of Jalen Hurts? Is there any concern in your mind about where this season's headed for him? I'd probably give him a C right now when looking at his overall when you look at the overall play, it's not to the level of what we saw from him last year where we saw the Jalen Hurts that was making the right reads, that was putting the ball in good spots. But it's not the Jalen Hurts that we saw in 20, early 2021 where you're like, is this guy going to be the franchise guy? So I think there's teams have caught on. I mean, the offseason really did help some of these teams catch up to what the Eagles were doing last year, and they had a chance to see what, Hurts did well, and look at what he does mechanically, how he looks, surveys the field. So I think they've caught up to him, and now it's about him. This is where the biggest test for him comes in, how much he can adjust and try to pick apart these defenses once again. Yeah, speaking of that, and a big reason why I think we're seeing a C-type performance start to the year for Jalen Hurts is the new offensive coordinator. And that's Brian Johnson. It seems to be like they're still trying to get a comfortability with each other, even though they've known each other since, what, he was five years old or something like that. There is a difference between knowing him and being in the room and everything like that the past couple years and actually being the offensive coordinator and having that label. What have you made of Brian Johnson and his offense so far this season? I think they've gone more, a lot more, especially early on, have got more horizontally than vertically than more I would like to see personally. You have a lot of weapons, and that's undeniable when you look at Dallas Goddard and A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, but we've seen a lot of the screen game come in. We, we've seen these slants and, and these quick out, speed outs we have there, and I know the first game there was a rain and everything, but it still looks like they, they, they fell in love with that early on, and 
I would love to see them stretch the field a little more, even if it's early on, like say the first five plays, just to test those safeties and say, you know what, okay, this person does well trying to cover what have you not, or, or they get a big play off that. And also I think it eases up those safeties so you can open up the run game if you decide to go that way or open up some of those shorter passes as well too. So I hope that's one of the adjustments that they make within this first, uh, within the next 10 days that they just go, they, they decide to try to attack the ball downfield a lot earlier than what they have. I'd love to see him attack downfield a little bit more. I do want to bring it back, though, to uh, one of the adjustments, and they were kind of forced upon this without Kenny Gainwell. You give a lot to DeAndre Swift, and the performance of Swift last night, I remember going to the postgame, I was like, I don't want to overstate this, but it feels like the best game from running back since the snowball. It ends up being the numbers kind of went off. The, it was similar to what I was just thinking there, where uh, it was the best performance yards-wise. What do you see in this running back room going forward after a performance like that from Swift? It's tough. To, uh, it's almost. I saw this on Twitter. I forget who it was. I, I want to give him credit, but it's almost like the movie Friday, where it's almost like Kenneth Gainwell sort of got fired on his day off. <laughs> he didn't even do anything. He did very well. He did very well. Gainwell did well when he was in there in the first game. But when you look at a performance like that, it's really tough to say. You know what? Let's move back a little bit. It's still going to be a committee approach. It really does. Now it's just a matter of who becomes the number one A, if you want, or who's going to be one B, and. Looking at the way that DeAndre Swift did when he was he has that home run ability, and to me, it reminds me of a, a, a lot of what you wish Miles Sanders was—a person, a, a running back who can hit the home run ball, but also catch the ball out the field. So when you go in open spaces, you know he can break a tackle, and next thing you know, he's down the field for an additional twenty yards after the catch. So I think if we when we come back and you see everything, I think I wouldn't be surprised if you see Gainwell start maybe. In, in earnest, like being the starter for maybe a snap or two, and then Swift gets a heavy a heavy carry load after that with Boston Scott being mixed in. But the one surprise I had was I thought Rashad Penny would get a lot more snaps, and he was almost non-existent until he had to be when Swift had, had to go toward the sideline, which was just a little bit of a shock to me. Penny's probably going to be a healthy and active if, if all three guys are healthy in front of him, which is something that I think was crazy when we first signed them early on in the offseason. That's probably what's going to end up happening, though, right? Yeah, I thought to me, I thought when he signed him, he was going to be your Jordan Howard type back. You know, he does very well with those stretch plays, but you use him in between the tackles. He's almost like like a closer at the end of baseball game. You use him at the end of the fourth quarter, get you your first downs, you run you and run out the clock from there on out. But the way that he's been used, especially that first game, was telling. And when you look at so many other issues they're having injury wise, and some of these other positions, they need to bring guys up and and. And activate them on the active roster. Unfortunately, you don't really need four running backs on there. And Penny looks like if Boston Scott clears concussion protocol, he's going back as a healthy scratch. Now, I want to go to a different rotation on this team, take you to the other side of the ball, because one player that I've been incredibly impressed so far with is Fletcher Cox. And I don't want to call it a renaissance, but I also don't want to undersell just how well he's playing. What have you seen out of him? Obviously, the the headliners are the young guys showing you what they've got, but what have you seen out of Fletcher Cox so far? I, I've been really impressed. I mean, I know a lot. We initially resigned him. I thought it was more going to be, hey, you know what? You got a guy who still can get you about if you if he gave you five or six sacks, and then he was mainly mentoring Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and helping them get ready for when his time with the Eagles is done. That was worth the money because you you set the foundation for go forward. But the fact that you're getting the quick, he, he's shooting those gaps very well. He's getting consistent pressure on the quarterback, and it looks like he turned back the clock a little bit too. It's like he's like, it like five six years ago, Fletcher Cox. He's looked really well. 
So what you're getting from a leadership standpoint from him, what you're getting from the pass rush standpoint from him, it's been well worth the money. And, you know, the, the, the fact they're able to rotate these defensive tackles, he's able to stay fresh. He's able to continue to rush the passer effectively. So overall, that, that signing looks like it, 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 it hit twofold, and you just hope it continues throughout the whole entire season. Talking to Chris Franklin, who covers the Eagles for NJ.com. Uh, Chris, obviously a little bit of uh, bad luck on the injury front so far from the Philadelphia Eagles. It looks like, according to reports, and he's going to get a second opinion, they're going to be without Avante Maddox for the entire season, which sucks because when he's out there, he's one of the better slot corners in the NFL. What do you think the plan is going forward? Are they moving Bradbury to the slot? Are they potentially making a move? Or are they trusting the guys that they have uh, in-house when it comes to replacing a guy like Avante? I think it's going to be really matchup driven. I think Mario Goodridge will still get a lot of run in the in the nickel, but depending on teams, if you're playing the Cowboys, who if they're healthy and you have Brandon Cooks who's healthy, that can roll three wide receivers. I wouldn't be surprised if say you move Bradbury into the slot and maybe you throw Job to play the outside cornerback and allow you to keep your best three corners on the on the field at the same time. Goodridge, you know, look, he he was. He was reserved at first, you know, getting in there and getting a good of uh, trying to get a feel for a game. But as the game went on, he got a little bit better as well as well too. He would have had a forced fumble as well if if not for Estrella uh, being offside. So I think they're going to stick with what they have right now. Uh, do they look outside? I, I doubt they look outside the organization and get some help. Maybe they add somebody to the practice squad just to give themselves some, some more depth in case something else happens. But I wouldn't try to if Goodridge is the main guy and then you just depending on the opponent, you, you move pieces around just to give him a shot. I thought the title to your story on NJ.com was so intriguing just in the way that it perfectly encapsulated and the way you go in to talk about this defense. And the, the story title, Eagles defense, is dominant and porous in uncomfortable win <laughs> over Vikings. Because I'm sitting here today, and we, we played the Nick Sirianni audio following the game where he says it wasn't the cleanest game defensively. And you can say that execution-wise, schematically, yeah, they definitely had some miscues. But overall, this defense, back-to-back weeks, given everything working against them, whether it be a new coordinator replacing basically half your starters, the injuries, they've put you in a position to win both times. Yeah, and, and, and I, I keep thinking, and I keep thinking back to that quote that Sean Desai said when, when he first we had his initial uh, introductory press conference. He wanted that defense to be palpable. He wanted to people at home when they're looking and uh, watching this defense to feel what they're doing right now. And I think you see the foundations, you see, and you see the shell of what it could be. And it's just going to take some time for these guys to get together, especially playing a matchup type defense like they do with there's a lot of communication, a lot of familiarity with, with the certain routes that go, especially in the middle of the field. And they could, if that defensive line continues to go, go and, and gets that pass, which, which they should, and they get at least, if they just get at least three or four decent seconds from the secondary of coverage, I think you'll see that happen. The problem is right now is I wonder if it's, and I personally think it a little bit is linked to the offense with them having, with the defense having to come out a lot early on in games, it starts to wear them down. They're not, and they're not the biggest defense per se. Sorry, in the middle of the defensive line, when you look at Jordan Davis and Dylan Carter and Fletcher Cox, yeah, you got some beef in the middle there. But when you look at the linebackers, when you look at the if you're using a lot of big nickel with the five, and, and with the five defensive backs and the teams run, it wears it down a little bit. And I think you start and when you get one sided like the Minnesota Vikings did, I think it just continues to carve over and over again, and then it just wears down. So it, they have the makings of it. They just need to continue to work at their craft and work at the scheme and get those kinks out. Because if they can, 
they could survive that, that murderer's row of, of opponents that are later in the season. And Chris, last one for you here, and we really appreciate you hanging out with us on a Friday night. Um, Hassan Reddick, I think he has one tackle total on the season in the first two games. And another guy, Nolan Smith, someone we were really excited about, just 13 defensive snaps this season. Any cause for concern for either of those two guys, or are we just shaking off rust and they're being cautious because of injury and because of the youth in uh, Nolan Smith? I think it's still just recovering from the injuries that they have. Even though they're on the field and doing right, I don't think they're fully 100% yet. And playing those games, you know, you're not going to be at that 100% mark when it comes to it. When it comes to Reddick, a lot of times with that, with that thumb, you know, it's it's the it's a little appendage, but it does a lot when it comes to rushing those offensive linemen, trying to get inside there, just using that. And we see how active those defensive linemen's hands are when trying to chop down and get around the edge. And I wonder if starting to linger a little bit. And I think he'll work it out. Maybe it's not to like week four or five, what have you, but it's one of those things to work it out. And I think this extra rest will help. As Nolan Smith, it's one of those things where you don't need him right. You really don't need him right now in the, in terms of you don't need that extra pass rushing edge guy. It's, it's, it's you don't want to force him out there and injure that shoulder a lot more than what you can because you figure he's going to be a big part of your future, potentially Reddick's replacement if something doesn't happen when he comes to a contract or what have you. So. There's no need, I think there's no need to rush right now. If we get to, like, say, the middle of the year and we're still seeing the same type of production from both of these guys, then I think the alarm bells are going to go blaring off big time with that. But for these first for the first month of the season, I think I think they'll be fine. Well, Chris, we thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate taking your time on the Friday night to hang out, talk some birds. You know, always fun talking football. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Appreciate thank, it, Chris. Thanks, yeah, man. Thank you so much. Tell Caden I say hi. Oh, definitely will. He's a good man. Good man. He's a good man. Yeah. Chris Franklin, NJ.com, covering the birds. And he joins us on the Comcast Business Hotline. Comcast Business, every day in business is a big day like Comcast Business. Keep you ready for what's next. Also, make sure you follow him on Twitter at C Franklin News on Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it. I'll go Twitter. Yeah, me I'm, too. I'm All not right, making good. any money from a brand change, so it's still <laughs> a little bird app to me. You know I had to throw in a, a Temple Owl reference in there. You know was I, that what that was? Yeah, I, I, I kind of just figured. There. Yeah, Caden Steele doing great work for NJ.com. Ah, There's nice. my plug for a good friend right Look there. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, at, I, I follow him on Twitter. Yeah, he's credentialed, man. He's big-timing. Look at that. He's big-timing us. Bella Diamore over the Inquirer. Interview with Kevin Hart last night. Big-timing us. You know, we got, got, got some big-time out. No time for us little folk anymore. Yeah, no. no they barely even respond to the text at this point. It's like, so... I, good job, Ray. They just like the message. It's all right. It's fine. Who's this? Uh, Red, 8.17 p.m.? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Lost lost the number here. Oh, you need me to come on the show? Ah, no. Sorry. I got things going on. No, I'm just messing. Big time. I uh, love the two of them. And obviously love Chris Franklin. Thank you so much for joining us on that one. He piqued your interest. Ah, uh, yes, he did. He piqued my With that interest. last one. We got to talk about that because I know you wanted to talk a little Hassan Reddick. There's a little bit more to what he just said. And then, of course, just the overall role of them so far, whether or not you are concerned about the lack of production from two of the pass rushers. Could we talk about this defensive front and how impressive it's been? But we got to get a little more out of them. We'll get into that conversation when we come back. Take your phone calls at 610-632-0975. Hang out with you till 10 o'clock. He's Tom Albert. I'm Ray Dunn. Taking through the evenings right here. 97.5 The Fanatic. 97.5 The Fanatic. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. 
Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Lainey to 45911 to see which four Lainey Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Lainey to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. 97.5 The Fanatic. Welcome back in the evenings here on 97.5 The Fanatic. I'm Ray Dunn. thumbs up. I'm trying to go really obscure with my next couple picks. I like it. I'm not usually a techno guy, but I'm into this. She's Savannah Keller. He's Tom Albert. We're all hanging out with you tonight. Take you up until 10 o'clock. Yeah. So I got a PSA for the folks out there. And I don't know how much it's going to help. But I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to say it. Because I feel like because I've been in this position before, I need to help the people out. And really by the people, I mean Savannah. If you currently are listening to us, trying to figure out how to work your television to get to Apple TV for the Phillies, do not dial 610-632-0975 and ask for Sylvanas' help. It will not help you. No. Well, actually, two people already called, and the one person did not understand what I was saying, and I was trying to say... You know, it's an app. It's not on your TV, and they just weren't getting it. So it I is just had to. Not her fault. Losses. I'm guessing they probably weren't our age. No. Yeah. It no. is not Sylvana's fault. It is not our fault. We don't it's choose not where they play. NBC Sports Philadelphia's fault. It's not even the Phillies' fault. Please, I'm begging you. I've been sitting. You've been sitting in that producer chair. I've been I have. sitting in that producer chair. When the Phillies are not on NBC Sports Philadelphia. People lose their mind. Yes. And, and they think reason, Silvana knows everything. I think 97.5 The um, Fanatic is the place to call. I know most things. Ah. I'm very close to knowing everything. But I don't know why that happens. Okay. Yeah. It's good to know. That seems a little self-conceited there. A little bit. A little, little, little bit. bit. But, yes, that's my PSA for you. So, please, don't. Okay? We, we can't don't help you there. do it. We can't help you there. One thing we can help you with is talking football on this Friday. On this Football Friday on The Fanatic, which is presented by Pump Man Philly for 24-7 emergency repair or pump replacement. Count on Pump Man Philly, the guys to know, to fix your flow. Now, we had some great football talk just now with Chris Franklin of NJ.com. Got into a lot of birds, but your question, your last question about Hassan Reddick was very interesting. One, I want to start with the production because across the board, we've already dissected a lot of hurts. We've dissected... The offense, take a look at defense as a whole. But Reddick is one that, after last season and what you know about him, you'd expect a lot of production out of him. And so far, he's had one tackle. One tackle. Yeah, one tackle total in the year. Not wow. exactly what you're looking for no. from him. I'm curious, though, because you brought this up. I, I kind of want to see where you stand on his production so far and what you've seen out of him and kind of set the table for us because. I've got some thoughts, but I'm really curious where you go on this. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a – it obviously it's, – it's obvious that the finger or thumb, whatever it is, is bothering him, right? And Chris said it. It's hard as a defensive end, as an edge rusher, um, when you have a problem with your thumb, dealing with offensive linemen and all the hand fighting and stuff like that, it's tough to be as effective, uh, like 100% effective, right? But 
the drop-off can't be this bad, man. Like, look, I know it's still early, and I'm going to give Jalen Hurts time. I'm going to give Nolan Smith time. I'm going to give Brian Johnson time. I'm going to give all these guys time. And I'm especially going to give time to a guy who finished fourth in defensive player of the year last year. But, like, how, is this going to linger? Like, is this one of those things where, like, is his thumb going to get better? Obviously, it's wrapped up a bunch. But, like, is it going to be 100% at all this season? Or is it going to be something maybe it's 90%? And then it gets pushed back when he's hand fighting with a left tackle and he's back down to 50% and he's got to wear a club again. Like, is this what it's going to look like? Because I'm a little bit concerned about that. I'll be completely honest. Just a little bit, just a tiny bit. But when you talk about a guy last year who had 16 sacks, who had 26 quarterback hits and who has had double digit sacks the last three seasons leading up into this year, that is a guy who we're talking about as one of the most feared defensive players, defensive edge players in all of the National Football League. And if he's not that, look, I know this team has depth. I do. And I, I feel comfortable. I know there's some youth there with Nolan Smith, all that good stuff. But, like, Hassan Reddick needs to be Hassan Reddick. He needs to. I know they've gotten by. I know they're 2-0. and I just am concerned that this thing isn't going to linger on, that this thing doesn't linger on as the season goes along. And I'm concerned that he's not going to be 100%, 100% healthy this entire season. That worries me a little bit, to be completely honest. He's doing the tough guy thing. He's playing through it. I get it. And I want Hassan Reddick out there. I do. But I also need production from him. All right. Here's why I'm not worried. The health thing, sure. You, like, you can jump out to the, I'm, I'm worried about lingering. I'm not a doctor. Don't play one on TV. Won't play one on the radio. I can't tell you whether or not the thumb is going to get to 100%. I can tell you that last season he started slow. He did not have a sack. He was also first. getting dropped back in coverage because of Jonathan Gannon. Well, but yeah. regardless. Listen, that get, we'll get to the Nolan Smith conversation because I, I, I want to advocate for something that I have a couple of times. But now that you're hearing me a ton, I'm going to start. I'm going to bang the drum a little bit on this because I know people are going to start going down this path at some point, And I'm going to want to cut that out really quickly. Okay. But I'll stick. I'll stick here with with uh, Reddick where Last season, this time, no sacks. Now, granted, he did have three tackles at that point, so a little, little bit more production. He, he did not have a quarterback hit at this time uh, a season ago after two weeks. I am not yet concerned because you mentioned the injury. He's working back from that. He's going to get a long extended layoff here to kind of rest up, heal up, get the thumb in the right place. The fact that he's playing is kind of a luxury given the fact that how recently he had surgery and the fact that he started slow a year ago, with this rotation, I think you are deep enough where he is going to be able to get himself into a rhythm. And while it might not be the jump he made in the next three weeks like last season where he ends up with four and a half sacks in the next three games after he starts the season poorly, I think he's going to get himself to the level of dominance you would expect. It might take a little bit longer. He's a similar one for me with Hurts just for different reasons of when I think he's going to, to click. Um the interesting thing for me is Smith and and where his role in, in this is. Because if you don't have either one of them yes. playing at a high level, I'll be honest with you. Barnett, I don't want out there. He sold on that touchdown last night. He absolutely bit and left it wide open. I can't do the Barnett experience anymore. And likely, if your rotation includes Barnett, it's because both Smith and Reddick are not getting the percentage of snaps you would expect or you would like to see or not being productive in those snaps and you're trying to figure out some other combination, I could really not use to see him anymore. And I would like to see, I need one of these two 
to start being effective so they don't go so deep into the rotation. 13 defensive snaps for Nolan Smith so far this season. 13, man. It's not a lot. Why? Not a lot by... Chris said it himself. You think because he was dealing. What injury was he dealing with? Was shoulder. it shoulder? Shoulder. Yeah. That's what it was. Thank you. Uh, dealing with a little bit of injury, and of course he's new to the defense. He's new to the NFL, so they're going to work him in slowly, right? Like not everybody can be Jalen Carter, and they're working him in slowly too. But like you see immediate impact because that guy's probably the best he player that's going to come. Beast. Yeah, exactly. He's a beast. So like they're obviously going to work him in a little bit slower, and then de- slowly, and then dealing with the injury. It's just. I'm surprised because I thought these were two guys that were going to flirt with double-digit sacks. Now, we know Hassan Reddick, like, I mean, that's pretty much a slam dunk at this point, as I mentioned, has done it the last three seasons. And, of course, last year with the Philadelphia Eagles. But Nolan Smith was a guy who we had high, high hopes for. Where That's all we heard all training camp is how quick he was off the edge and how he's just making some of these left tackles and right tackles look like look like college players, right? Like, like he's ready. He's up for that challenge. He's up for the speed of the NFL and just the way that they've been worked in so slowly. And you're right. Like they do have good depth. Josh sweat has been fantastic to start this season. Yes. He's been really, really good. And of course you're getting something from Brandon Graham as much as he can give you at this age, what 33 at this point, whatever he is. But if for this Eagles defense to go for this Eagles defense to be as good as it needs to be. And for this team to go as far as we believe they can go, you need to get production out of those two guys. You could argue, I was going to say you could argue those are your top two edge rushers, but that's not fair to Josh Sweat. You could argue that they're two of your top three pass rushers right there, and that might be disrespectful to Brandon Graham, but who knows what kind of jump Nolan Smith can make in his rookie year. Well, this is a guy who was projected top 15 in a lot of mock drafts before the season, uh, before the draft hit came, and then before the injuries kind of came up that while the draft was happening. Yeah, it's just interesting. Reddick with 39 snaps, and you really wouldn't know it. Like, he had one less snap than Josh Sweat, and Sweat, although it was only one sack, and, and he did force fumble, so I'm not trying to downplay it. Um, you know, you're talking about a game where he was just making his presence known. I think he he was a half a step away from a number of more sacks. He ended up with five quarterback hits, as many as the Vikings' entire team had. He had, he had half of the Eagles' quarterback hits from a night ago. Like, I think he played an absolutely incredible game, and getting to, like, this defensive front kind of the rotation here i'm just intrigued to see the usage because graham ends up with the third most snaps of the group but significantly less than sweat and reddick if we're talking about reddick not being healthy um i would like to see a little bit more of what they're a little bit more in terms of not seeing barnett and seeing a little more graham or you would hope at some point smith is to the point where they trust and feel good enough about his health there is an intriguing thing about what, what Chris Franklin brought up. Ah, uh, yes, there is. The Reddick contract. Where Smith, you know, the, the comparison was his ceiling is Hassan Reddick. It's great. Great ceiling for you. The uh, Hassan Reddick replacement potential there is something that I, uh, I didn't have penciled in uh, just quite yet. Because it is worth a worthwhile conversation to know that Reddick's going to at some point get even more money, likely, if he continues to play at this level. And uh, that market was just totally reset in uh, the last week. Interesting to just have that be a thought already at the front of people's minds. And again, that was Chris Franklin jumping out and saying that one to us just about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, so what he's, if you did miss it, what uh, Chris Franklin basically said is looking at Nolan Smith as, quote, a potentially Hassan Reddick replacement, right? And we were thinking, I mean, we want Hassan Reddick here as long as possible, right? Like, this is a dude who was fantastic last season and has been the past couple years, but we know he's going to get paid a lot of money. 
And we do know that Jalen Hurts' contract, the cap hit's going to start getting higher and higher. It's relatively low this year. It's very low this year, especially compared to other quarterbacks around the league. And it's low next year. Eventually, it's going to keep getting higher and higher. Son Reddick is turning 29 years old on September 22nd, right? And he's got two more. Friday, man. Look at that. Happy birthday. How about that? Early birthday. He's got two more years on his contract, obviously. But you are correct. The market was completely reset with Nick Bosa, and it's going to get reset again when Micah Parsons is, is eligible for a contract extension, right? So I just, it's so weird because he hasn't said anything. Hassan Reddick hasn't said anything like he's unhappy. He's been very professional, I think. I think some of the conversations were a little bit forced because he was asked about his contract and he answered a question, right? And he did what I give him props for that. But he hasn't made us think about anything. He showed up. He's been here. He's been to practice every single day. There's no issue. He does still have two more years on his contract, and it is an extremely friendly contract, team-friendly contract, when you look at the contract that he signed. So just, I just, when he said that, Chris, it just had me imagining a world without Hassan Reddick as a Philadelphia Eagle, and it just took me back for a second. I was like, oh, I don't like that world. Yeah, I'm not signing up for that world. I, I don't appreciate. Now, one thing, while we get to the, the Reddick and the Smith conversation and that piece of it, one thing I we have learned from Hassan Reddick that I, I want to be quite clear because I know it's going to come up the first time the uh, linebackers struggle. I know some of the the uh, off ball, the interior linebackers yes. when they struggle. I know it's going to come up, and it already did. I heard some people mention it last this past week. Nolan Smith should not, under any circumstances, be inside there and be playing at linebacker off the ball. I have no, no interest in seeing that happen. If you want to talk about him being like Hassan Reddick, that was a terrible decision, a downright awful decision by the Arizona Cardinals. And for some reason, they actually graded him out and decided not to pick up the option on his contract because they misused him for three years. And then finally, in his final year in Arizona, they were like, oh, let's see what this guy's got as a pass rusher after being a good pass rusher in college. And that's what got him drafted in the first round. Yes. Like, Whoa. So I have no interest in finding out what Nolan Smith is inside. I also think he could potentially get, uh, you want to talk about already the shoulder being banged up. I think him being in the middle and if they're trying to send straight down downhill at running backs like that, I don't like the idea of that at all. I like him coming off the edge and kind of, you know, kind of evading and creating. Uh, it's crazy to me because I had the exact same thought where I literally remember people saying, people that I respect and people that I trust a lot on Twitter saying, there's no way we are seeing Nolan Smith drop back in coverage, being part, a part of the linebacker discussion. Like he is best suited as an edge rusher. And then two weeks later, I'm seeing people that I trust still saying that I think it would be best for Hassan Reddick to be one of your linebacker options. And look, maybe he is the most talented um, when it comes to the rest of the linebackers, because we're talking about a lot of practice, a bunch of practice squad guys here, right? But regardless, like I have no interest in putting him out of position. Like I want him focused on one thing, and that's getting to the quarterback. Linebackers, we'll figure it out, right? And maybe he is a good linebacker, but you know what is much more important, much more valuable to an NFL franchise? It's having a legit threat off the edge rather than having a a plus linebacker, right? Like so, I'm good with that. I saw that. I thought that was a little crazy to me because then you're getting into the whole thing of he's focusing on different things as a rookie when he's trying to translate to the NFL. We've seen guys 
have problems when they're forced to do things that they're not used to doing in a different sport. It's not exactly the same, obviously, but like, look how bad Scott Kingery got messed up because they just <laughs> kept throwing him in different positions where he was obviously a second baseman, right? Like it messed with his messed with his head. Now Gabe Kapler and messing with the swing also did, uh, didn't do a good job on that, but like you've seen what this has done, even Alec Bohm in the past. And again, a different sport you've seen Alec Bohm when he was struggling to go from third base to first base. He's done a great job this year. But, like, when you are a young player trying to learn how to adapt to being a professional, I don't love the idea of throwing in something that he didn't think he was going to be focused on coming into the season. Now, I, I do think he did that at Georgia a little bit, but he was drafted to be an edge rusher. Yeah. That's what he was drafted to be. That's what he was drafted to be. Let's not, let's not mess with that. All right? Uh, please. I, I, that's my, on the same page. my public service announcement. That's my second of this segment. I'm starting to get on my soapbox here as we get later into the hours here. I apologize for all of you other but I'm – I'm getting on my soapbox. What's going to take me off my soapbox is getting a chance to talk to all of you at 610-632-0975 and chat about a little bit of what we just talked about with Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith. And that's what Joe in West Philly joins us to do. Joe, you're on 97.5 The Fanatic. Hey, what's up, fellas, man? You know what? I, I share a player like Hassan Reddick. When he gets on a roll, he's a guy that can get like two and three sacks in the game, you know, and get his stats right back up there. Mm-hmm. So that's why, I, you know, that's why I'm not worried about him too much. I think once he gets on a roll, you know what I mean, he's definitely going from there. You know what I mean? He's a guy that can, you know what I mean, can, you know, get multiple set games and get right back on board. I, I understand his injury, definitely. I mean, for a guy his size, he's going up against guys that weigh much bigger than him. So that hand game is, is a lot. And I'm guessing, you know, as the hand gets better, he gets better. And the, and the thing I want to say about Hurts, you know, I mean, yes, he took some sacks. He didn't look his best, but he still outplayed his counterpart. And he was still able to make enough big plays. I mean, Minnesota was never in danger of catching us. They never felt like that at all. I mean, he was always able to put the game out of reach no matter what. And I think that's a sign of maturity that even if you're not playing your best game, it's not a total total disaster. I mean, a couple of years ago, I mean, I think everything would have went downhill. But, you know what I'm saying, you still see see your franchise quarterback able to make big plays, able to keep the team at bay. I, I never think Minnesota was in danger of catching us. Every time they made a move, it was a checkmate. So, I mean, and you know he's getting nothing but better. I mean, I really believe he's a marinating player. He's not a seasoned veteran with like five or six years of starting that he really can take off a preseason outfield, you know, like that easy, that easy. I mean, I think he's catching up. And, you know what I mean, I think once, you know, the, the running game meets the passing game, I think the Eagles will be back dangerous again, you know, as, as, as we know him. Now I got a question for you. Yeah. When do you get to the point of, Okay, this has to turn. Like, if we're a couple weeks now down and this hasn't begun to turn offensively, where is your point of panic? Uh, my point is that I, I really think with the young new coordinators is is going to take some time. I'm saying he's obviously not the guy from last year. I know you know he might be the quarterback coach and all that, but you know last year's offense coordinator definitely had a better touch with with Jalen. You know from the start. I mean, I, I think once they get that, it, it seemed like Minnesota sniffed out a lot of the play, you know, in, in the first half, you know, the, the little, the short pass, the guy, like they sniffed him out, sniffed out a lot of his pass game. And he was at least smart enough to just, you know, go to the run and forget about it. And you know what I mean? And, and, and figure that out later, you know, and, and Jalen was, Jalen was able to make a couple big passing plays, you know, to, to equalize that. I think, you know, once to him and his coordinator get, really get a rhythm, I don't think they haven't catch the rhythm yet. Once they catch a rhythm, I think that's when it, when it comes together. And I'm saying I'm not waiting to the middle of the season. I'm saying about I give them like three more games and two, three more games in to really catch that. But I got you, know, you Joe. They, I think we're on the same man. page of this one. I appreciate you checking in with us tonight. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Appreciate it, Joe. Thanks, man.
I love that. I'm he's not he's not a seasoned veteran. He's a marinated Mar- player. Yeah, that was good. I, I love that. That's a line right there by <laughs> Joe from West Philly. Uh, but seriously, I, I think he's kind of with us. You know, I, I said earlier the Green Day rule, but like something like that where you're a couple weeks down the line. I need after that Commanders game to me is is the, my line of the sand. If I show up to that uh, Kincaid show first Friday in October, and our conversation going on the weekend is, wow, we haven't seen Hurts yet have a game. I, oh, man, he's been okay. and They've won a couple of games, but he hasn't really been Hurts. That's where I'll start You want to see that moment that we saw last year, the crossing yep. the arms moment. I, I thought it was coming last night. I did, too. Honest. I'll be completely honest. And I do wonder, uh, and someone could answer this for me at 610-632-0975 before we, or once we hit the break and come back, if that A.J. Brown touchdown count if penny doesn't call, get called for the holds yes. if penny was able to pick up a blitz would people's perspective have been a little different I are we so. doing a little bit of the stat sheet well, looking he had a deep bomb to Devonte too right like is it just having that second one and having those stats that much greater i don't know because he rolls out there he finds brown it, it was kind of a wobbly throw but it ends up getting where it needs to yeah, go he put it in the place to he needed to correct do we have a different perspective? Are people lining up differently? I don't think so. I don't think I am. I, I'd be curious if people have a different mindset. Was that in the first or second half? I don't remember off the top of my head. Second half. Second half. So I think people would view it as, okay, shaky first half. He really started to get his groove going in the second half. Look at him. He had two deep bombs, one to Devontae and one to A.J. Brown. That would be. I think it would make us feel a whole lot better, which, hey, Maybe that's not fair. And then the one that should have been a a penalty, should have been a pass interference, and they just didn't call it a holding, whatever you wanted to call it there. Um, That was a perfectly placed ball as well, right? Like, I think we'd be, I do, I personally believe we'd be feeling a little bit better. And I know, I don't think anyone out there is truly panicking about Hurts, again, unless you're just a Hurts hater. But I think we'd be feeling a lot better if one of those two touchdowns ended up counting on the stat sheet. All right, I'm curious. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll go on into it in the other side. We'll get tease it out a little bit more, talk about it. We'll get Sylvanas' thoughts on it as well. And all you out there at 610-632-0975. Now, last night also, uh, there was a rule that a lot of people hate, that a lot of people, for some reason, came to bat for today, uh, that played to the Eagles' favor. And I'm curious how you feel about Tom, how Savannah feels about it. Curious how I feel about it myself. And now all the people out there at 610. You're curious how you feel. You don't know how you feel about it? You know, I know how I feel about okay. it. But I'm curious about how, how you respond gotcha. to how gotcha. I feel about that it. Makes you know, sense. That's my curiosity. I think a lot up here. A lot happening. Might not seem like it. Lots happening up there in the brain. I'm curious what all you guys out there at 610-632-0975 feel about it as well. As we continue on this evening, take you up till 10 o'clock. He's Tom Albert. I'm Ray Dunn right here in the evenings. 97.5 The Fanatic. 97.5 The Fanatic. Welcome back. We're evenings on 97.5 The Fanatic. I'm Ray Dunn. Hanging out with Tom Alvin, Savannah Keller. Tom, decisive thumbs down for thumbs you. Thumbs down, yeah. Don't like it. Why? Too, it's too 80s techno for me. It's fun, though. It's fun. Like, yeah. I think this would be, like, I would love to have seen what it was like to go out in that time, with that type of music, watch watch movies, watch Stranger Things. No, what I do you know, mean? but that's not the same thing. It is the same. The, all no, the guys, write, to, all the people writing it are all that age. I mean, or, to actually experience it, I guess. I want to go back machine. in time. Yeah. yeah, 
That's the one you would pick, 80s, if you could go back in time? Um, It'd be 70s for me. Early I 70s. don't know. I think 80s are, yeah. Raymond? I'd probably be miserable everywhere. Okay. Good yeah, time. I would find something to complain about yeah, in I any would, decade. So I would find something to complain about. I'll just live in the here and now and just keep on That's keeping amazing. on. A world without cell phones. A world where... I would actually love that, yeah. You could, uh, you, could you know, drive and... Hit, hit a mailbox so, with baseball bats after high school. Yeah. Timeout. And your parents didn't ask where you were after 19 hours away. If I, that, but if I didn't yeah. have a cell phone, I wouldn't have Twitter. And if I didn't have Twitter, where would I get my thoughts out? Oh, I tweet everything too. I'm the same way. Also, I don't think you would have a mindset. I think it's just today's generation is why it's like that. If I, I don't didn't think have a phone, I wouldn't even be with my boyfriend because we met on a dating app. Like, isn't that crazy to think about? That is crazy. We, my fiance and I, we did long distance for years. Yeah, yeah so that so would be crazy impossible. You guys would have been. You would just be left get like with a carrier. Lots. You got to need a carrier pigeon just to keep you. this yeah. relationship going. We, we sound like the youngest show ever to be put on radio right now. Oh, 100%. There is someone gripping the steering wheel right now. Like, you have no idea how could you have it. And we're sorry for that. <laughs> we're we're are, sorry. We apologize for that. I was thinking about the person in the rideshare car when she was playing that music. And it was, they're getting ready for their night out. They're like, oh, yeah, the vibes are good. And they're, like my voice, the they're Roxbury. like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we appreciate all of you in your rideshare. Well, I don't want to give any rideshare more love than the other. If they want our love, they can make a little monetary contribution to the program, and I would give you my rideshare after the choice. Yeah, you talk to our salespeople. Uh, Let's figure out a number. (laughs) We appreciate our rideshare drivers tonight, because I know you're busy, and I know that uh, you're introducing us to a whole new audience of folks that, you know, getting ready to go out. I'll probably be using one of you ride shares at some point tonight nice some friends yeah so be responsible good job now of course i'll be responsible that's responsible is my middle name is it Sorry. i didn't know that yes it is about that yep all right Ray, responsible done uh yeah that's how Catch it works you. here now i posed this question before the break and there was two things we're getting to big time in this segment in the next segment we're going to get to our picks which i'm excited for i know you're a little less excited this week tom Oh, I'm even more excited. And, Silvana, you have big shoes to fill. I know. Big shoes to fill. Not not underselling it at all because it was an impressive week, but we'll get to it. But the one question I posed before the break, would we have looked at last night differently if Hurts, if either they got the pass interference or whether that was caught for a touchdown one way or another, but they got themselves moved forward on the uh, intended pass to A.J. Brown, or if the touchdown to A.J. Brown had counted – if Rashad Penny had picked up the blitz and not held? 100%. You think we would view it differently? Yes. Because Real quick, because the, his Jalen Hurts' stats right now are 193 in the, in the air, excuse me, one touchdown, one interception, right? That goes up to what? 230-something with two touchdowns and an interception at that point. And to go along with the rushing game where he had two touchdowns and 35 yards on the ground. Like, I think we'd be feeling a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I think it would calm a lot of people's minds and concerns it's i really don't think we still would. call oh, we'd still on. be concerned but that would make us like seeing that he still had because again these were two very good throws seeing that yes. he had the second half that he did going into a 10-week buy quote-unquote like mini bye week here we'd be feeling much we still have concerns because it hasn't been pretty for a majority of the season but we would be feeling better we but, would still have concerns because we always have to nitpick and nothing ever feels perfect i Still, 
I mean, I think a lot of people in general, fans-wise, I know Twitter would be a calmer place last night <laughs> if those things had happened. But I, I don't think we would. And the reason I don't think that we would feel better is because I saw both those throws. I saw them both happen. But they didn't count. But they didn't count. They didn't count. And it doesn't, to me, like the whole performance, to me, I understand that he made that happen. And it's not his fault the touchdown was called back. He made that throw, and it's not his fault they didn't throw a flag. Like, I saw those okay. things happen. But okay. so what you're saying, we saw it. All three of us here have seen it and took it as that. Right. I think majority of the people, even though they witnessed the throw, the plays, whatever, and saw how on the money it was, whatever, I don't think that it stuck and that they are still thinking about those plays when thinking of Jalen Hurts' performance last night because they didn't count. I think it's a difference in view. Yeah. It just so happens that all three of us think the same way right now about that. I guess. I, I see where you're coming from on that one. I just think, like, the, the fans out there, I think people that saw it happen probably feel similar because I think a lot of the feeling about Jalen Hurts was the way it started. It was the way it started, and then I guess the only one that maybe if it counts is the touchdown because then you don't take the sacks. But to me, like, I think a lot of people, it's it's the start that has more people worried than anything else towards the finish. I, to me, I just think it's because it'll make you, it'll be the lasting image in your head, right? Like he had that good of a second half as we have this time off. Yes, it was a shaky start, but he had that good. He showed that he could bounce back. That's why I'm not one that dives like crazy into stats. Now stats are fantastic, right? We want our all players to be putting up record-breaking stats and all that good stuff. The best stats that they possibly can. But like the the best throws that I've seen from some of the best throws that I've seen from Jalen Hurts this season are passes that aren't complete. That our passes that either it was a penalty, whether it be last night, whether it's a penalty on either side in both those AJ Brown throws, or again the AJ Brown throw in Week One where AJ Brown bobbles it, which maybe is a catch, maybe it's not a catch. Who knows? It's the NFL. Like those are the three best throws that I've seen, or three of the best throws that I've seen from Jalen Hurts this season. So to me, I know that's still in there, and I'm looking big picture here. So even though it's only 193 yards in the air and there's been some shakiness. I know that Jalen Hurts is still in there, and that's what has me confident, and that's why I'm not shaking up up too much because if he's not making those throws and we're seeing the performance that we've seen, I'd be a little bit more worried, but I know he's still in there, and that's why I I pledge to people to just, you know, maybe not only look at stats when you're looking at your quarterback. I fully agree. Yeah, and again, I'm not of the belief that I'm not concerned yet. I'm not sitting here telling you that I've I've panicked and that was the outside of this show. If you did not hear us earlier on hello welcome to the program it's good to have you but the outside of the show was basically the agreement here of hey i am not yet panicking about jalen hurts i have not found the place in which i am oh no what has happened to our once great quarterback no it's hey this dude still got it in there there's just a lot in terms of what's the perfect alternative but the alternative currently happening isn't perfect and i think it's a bit too extreme and i think a lot of people do and i think people in the nfl do as well so yes like it's been the rule for forever and it's never going to be perfect but it can be better than it is right now and rules can be changed in my opinion all right well you hear how tom alvord feels about it. if you got something you want to say about the fumble out of the end zone rule and not just that it helped the birds last night but whether you find it to be a good idea or not we'll take your phone call 610-632-0975 do you have a least favorite rule in sports oh that's a good one you can tell you can think about it yeah i'll think about it okay i don't have a 45 minute 
fifty minute drive to do it, so it might take me a little while. But, but I'll try and get one, it in cool. before the end of the show. I'll I know you're you're a you're a fiery guy with certain things, certain weird well, things. So thing. I can see you having an issue with the weird rule. Right, that's exactly it. There's dumb things that make me upset, so I just got to start thinking through the roll of decks. I'm just in a good mood. They're two and zero. As you should be, as right. I am. So it's it's tough sometimes. You're trying not to, to bum yourself out thinking of rules that annoy you? Well, no, because then I'll get fired up, and we only have a segment left, and I'll get really upset, and then I'm going to be driving home, and I'll be fired up. And then by the time I see the people that I'm seeing this evening, they're going to be like, what's wrong, man? I'll be like, you have no idea what I was mad about on the air an hour ago. All right. You don't or my poor rideshare driver tonight. It's going to be like, Ray. They're not going to say Ray. I, I, they might. Do you make conversation with them? I don't like to, personally. Like, I, I, I'm always nice if they say something. I always talk back. But I'm always like, hey, what's going on? How are you? I, if I, I like to think, like, if they don't initiate it, I'm not having any conversation. That's, like, I, and I've had this conversation with, ironically, the drivers themselves of, like, their preference. You know, once, once they open it up, we're talkers. Yeah, you're talking. You know, I, I, I'll talk with anyone. Um, but I always feel bad because if, it, if they're looking for silence, I'm in their space. Yeah. You know, I try and keep quiet. The one thing I can't stand is when there's no music, when it's complete silence. Oh, now, listen, oh, even, yes. even if you don't know, like, even if you, like, listen to weird stuff and you don't want to think, like, oh, I don't want to offend this person, just put on, like, an oldie station. Put on, I don't know, put something put on Put something that, on from Beasley Media Group. Sure. That, yes, Beasley exactly. Best, I just put some easy listening on low. It doesn't have to be loud. You don't have to be listening to it. I can't stand when I have a 25-minute ride and I'm sitting in silence and the guy or the girl is not talking to me. Yeah, I can't stand when they don't have ninety-seven five. Oh, well, me too. Yeah, that's what gets me. I always love. I do look. I'll be honest. I, I you look, look at the presets. I look at the presets. I love that. I, I'm like, all right, all right. Sounds good. I, and I do like when they're listening because I I do the reconnaissance. That happened to a, a a buddy of mine who was like, "Hey, what, what radio station do you work for again?" And I told him, and he was like, "My Uber driver's listening to you guys yeah. right now." He's like, "Is that you?" I'm like, "Yep, that's me." I, I I like to think out there right now it's happening to people oh, yeah. where they're having this like really meta experience where like we're talking about being in in a ride share and they're in one and we're talking about listening to the radio 975 and it's all happening it's to them hap- right yeah. now. They're like, this is real. Tip your ride share drivers. Yes. Those listening in the ride share. Yes, that's true. They make good choice in radio. They listen. But I, I do some like uh, information digging. I, I, I get like, uh, oh, who do you like? Who don't you like? You know, who are you listening to? That guy on Sundays, do you hate him? Yeah. You know? not, it's crazy because I have this job. I'm not a big small talk guy. I don't like small talk. Oh, I so th- small talk anyone. I know you will. Yeah. It's not for me. But, hey, I'm not going to be rude. If we want to talk, we'll talk. Sounds good. Well, we're going to continue to talk. Okay. We're going to talk uh, plenty coming up. We got to get to our picks. We got to get this week's version of the picks. And uh, we'll break it all down for you coming up next. Plus, we'll get into some more birds and a little bit of news out of St. Louis. <laughs> quite a quite an evening for one superstar and we'll get into that all coming up next right here he's tom alvord i'm ray dunn hanging out with the evenings right here 97.5 the fanatic 97.5 the fanatic 90- backstagecountry.com your online home for all things country music <laughs> Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Lainey to 45911 to see which four Lainey Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Lainey to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. 7-5 The Fanatic. 
Welcome back into the evenings here on 97.5 The Fanatic. Friday night that feels, I don't want to say like a Monday, but kind of. Just because Eagles scheduling for me. Reaction Monday? Yeah, like the reaction. My schedule really based around the birds, and I, it feels somewhat like a Monday, but it is a Friday. It's a football Friday on the Fanatic, and it's presented by Pump Man Philly for 24-7 emergency repair or pump replacement. Count on Pump Man Philly, the guys to know, to fix your flow. We've gotten into quite a bit birds tonight. Uh, we we kind of left it off on, well, aside from the rideshare conversation, which, you know, once... I get going on something. You can, I can probably talk. That's probably the one thing that's uh, a good redeeming quality about me. You give me a topic, and I could probably just start mumbling and passing along for 20 minutes and not realize 20 minutes has passed. Uh, yeah, that's why we yeah. have this job, right? Part right. of the reason. It's a, it's a good part of the reason. But I was saying more of a redeeming quality. Because I wasn't saying it was good conversation. Ah, but I could, gotcha. pro- I could do the conversation. You just go on a tangent, yeah. whether or not it's good or not. Right. It's, uh, I, I could find a good tangent for you. Sure. Or a tangent for you. But before we got to that rideshare conversation, we were talking about the touchback rule, the fumble into the end zone, call for a touchback. I'm kind of sitting here like I don't know how to fix it. And Tom is dead set against it. Tom said that if they don't fix it by next season, he's done with football forever. He will never watch the NFL again. And I was like, that's a little, little harsh, man. Is that what I said? That's what I heard. Hey, man, Savannah, when I get angry, as well? I just black out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you were pretty... You were that upset with it. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Ray had to really like take you down in the break. Yeah. It was some deep breaths. It was a lot. We we were trying to do a little meditation here. What happened? Relaxed. I blacked out. Yeah. He was a little frustrated. But we were, we were curious to get the uh, public's reaction. Because again, I said today it felt like everyone was piling onto it that I saw. And I'm curious how people feel about it. 610-632-0975. Rob and Cherry Hill is checking in with us. Rob, you're on 97.5 The Fanatic. Hey, guys, how you doing tonight? What's going on, Rob? Hey, I, I agree that it's a dumb rule, but I, I think there actually is a very simple solution. The ball should get spotted where the fumble happened. If Jefferson fumbled the ball at the two-yard line and fumbled it into the end zone, you go and spot the ball where the fumble happened. There's definitely no reason that it should go over to the other team. Now, my issue... Because if you look at everywhere else on the field where it's fumbled, if it moves forward, you are kind of rewarded. Well, right, but you're not going to get rewarded, right? So the ball fumbled into the end zone, so you can't get the advantage of that, obviously. So you have to find a solution, a better solution than the one they have now is, all right, you spot the ball where the fumble happened, and it stays possession of the team that fumbled it. I I think that's a pretty, I don't know, I think that's a pretty easy solution. I get like I, it becomes difficult for me to like envision the world where I like, are you taking the chance then? Like if you're, if you're moving towards the end zone, like you're taking the chance of, of, you know, reaching out, like it, does it eliminate the risk for the offensive player entirely? Well, the risk, the risk of what that you're going to dive forward and you, you fumbled the ball, right. And you fumbled the ball and, and then you fumbled it. I mean, certainly, you know, it's, it's the question of is it a better option than what they have now? I yeah, mean, no, no, I ra- got you. I, no rationale. You know, but I, I also wanted to talk about, can I talk about the rule that I hate in sports? Absolutely. And <laughs> I'm not a huge hockey guy, but I never understand when the goalie goes behind the goal and clears the puck around 
and you're not allowed to just check and slam into the goal. <laughs> if, you're, if you're out of the crease, you're behind the goal, you're a player just like anybody else. Why can't you just slam into them? I don't understand. Actually, I don't even know if it's an actual rule or just an unwritten rule. No, but, it's, a, it's a rule. You can't do it. Why? You're a player. <laughs> don't go behind the... Don't go behind the goal then. I love it. Rob, this is fantastic. I appreciate you checking in with us tonight. Have a great night, man. Rob, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the reason Just is because... Check into it. I love it. I'm in. Rob, Rob's got me. You're in until Carter Hart takes a check and he's out for four weeks because he's got something going on. Like, I mean, that's that's part of the problem. They just don't want... It's kind of like the catcher when they banned like the collisions at the plate, right? They just don't want these guys going out with a long-term injury. That's the reason for it. You got all that padding, man. It's still, you got some 230-pound dude going full speed into you, right into the boards. Yeah, it's a problem. Flick the guy off you. Why not? You know? You know knock him, all knock right, we'll him do out. That. Next Fan Fest, you do that. We'll get you all in the gear. We'll have someone. We'll have Ricky full speed check you into the back I of the boards. I have never claimed to be an athlete. Uh, you want someone at this station to do that? You know who can go try and do that. It's not going to be me. I would love to see Connor do it. Yeah, like Connor dressed up in full pads and just get absolutely. <laughs> in. I, I that would be great. I think we might be able to get some fundraising behind that. <laughs> We're still working on the. Uh, on my lunch. Oh, yeah, on the lunch. Yeah. Well, my here. day, my my meal of the day. Yeah, yeah that's we, a full day. That's a full day. We got to get that one ironed out. We gotta Maybe get we can th- have you clock in or something for it. I mean, again, I'm willing to do it for the charity here. Yeah. Like I, I would, if it's what eight hundred dollars, they're fine for every pound. Eight for every pound I gain. I don't think it's that much. I think it's three hundred. Is it three hundred? I thought I read eight hundred. How much they're I'm fine per it. pound? Uh, I think it was eight hundred. I think eight hundred per pound I gain uh, through I'm this diet. Google it. You Google it. I, I think Tom and I hear eight hundred. I'm pretty right. sure I've ever seen eight hundred. Yeah. While we Google, while we get the facts for you, we'll go back to the phone line, 610-632-0975. Check in with David in North Philly, Talking Birds. David, you're on 97.5 The Fanatic. Hey, what's up, fellas? What's going on, Dave? All right. Looking at this, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a delivery driver, so I'm in town. I get on the elevators, and there's a lot of different fans from other teams, which makes no sense because we're in Philly. <laughs> But there's a Washington fan, and they're talking about their, you know, defensive line and all their first-round picks. And I'm like, wow, look at our defensive line. We have a fourth-round pick who keeps getting better. Sweat just keeps getting better and better and better. And I'll be honest, I'll eat it. Before they gave him that deal, I was dead set against it. I said, don't give him the deal, don't give him the deal, don't give him the deal, don't give him the deal. And he flat-out proved me wrong and went out there and balled out. I felt the same way, David, same way. Now, we have two first-round picks, one from last year, one from this year, and my position was the defense was going to have to gel, give them some time. Because it seemed like the sentiment tended to be that you lose Hargrave, and there's going to be regression from Fletcher Cox and from Brandon Graham. But my position always was you see the ascension of Josh Sweat, and if you're going to invest these first-round picks into these defensive linemen, I don't expect them to get 15 sacks in their first year, but if they can get five or seven and you have regression from Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, that will balance off. But by putting more snaps in the younger guys with the higher motor, you actually have fresher Fletcher Cox, fresher Brandon Graham, which they still are. They're, they're smart enough and they're good enough to produce. Absolutely. That's potent. And you can win with that. 
that's just that's i mean you went in the trenches absolutely no i mean you won in the trenches last night with what the offensive line did to open up the running game and then the defensive front the way they got after it i mean you won last night in the trenches that was the i think the determining factor of the way that game went yeah and i mean again you look on the offensive line you know we got lane you got a lot of money and they, they put a lot of resources in it and it happens i don't care if you win pretty or if you win ugly if you keep winning because that's the name of the game. You got 17 weeks to figure something out. And offensively, we got the players. A.J. Brown is a beast. Devontae Smith is a beast, and he's ascending. Um, Swift, he's a beast. Penny, I don't know. I, I can't really speak on him. I, don't, I didn't really watch enough of his games, and I don't watch any college sports, so I got to see it on the pros. And from what I saw from Hurts, it wasn't no mirage. It wasn't a one-year thing. I don't look at him like Geno Smith. That's the mirage. He's he's the guy that's just a guy. He may have a great year. I, I forget the quarterback for Cleveland. Uh, it was a little while ago. Cleveland thought they had the guy, and he was just the guy. He just came back down to earth. That's not Hurts. Hurts is the guy. So offensively, whether it takes two weeks or four weeks, they'll get it together. I don't know how prolific they will be, but Swift, and it, that's the other thing. Got to give Holly Roseman his flowers because um, Swift – that's the fourth round pick that he wins. That guy's a player. He's a player. And, you, and oh. if he can play like this for 16, 17 games, you got to resign him. Oh, man. That's going to be fun next offseason. We're going to do the whole running back conversation one more time. David, thanks for checking in tonight. We really appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks, man. Uh, oh, we're going to have fun with the Swift conversation, I'm sure, at some oh, point. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, it's coming. Um, and it's it's crazy. He's already more well-liked than Miles Sanders. Oh, yeah. And I, I was not a Miles Sanders fan. I thought he got too much of a bad rep. Like, he was frustrating at times, definitely. He did. He regressed as a pass catcher. But I, th- I still thought Miles Sanders was still a really solid back for this team for a while. He just wasn't giving me what I wanted. I didn't really like how he went about it. I just thought that he always ran like he was scared to get hit and he couldn't hold on to the ball. And he already fumbled down there. But, hey, man, you watch your Panthers game this weekend. You watch your Panthers game this weekend. You enjoy it. Uh, There was one thing. He mentioned Washington. I saw this uh, headline from the Washington Post. Um, I guess it was yesterday. Washington wanted Russell Wilson. Sam Howell wanted to play like him. Really? And immediately, I'm like, well, checks. I mean, Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl and probably should have won two. But, you know, let's not go too deep into that. Um like, one of those, like, oh, no kidding, Sam Howell probably wants to play like yeah. him. I, I I could not bring myself to actually read the story where it's going to tell me that somehow Sam Howell is going to end up like Russell Wilson. Um, but Maybe this is last year's Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Props to you. Credit down there. I was going to ask David what, uh, what the Washington fan thought of Howell. But we got to get to our picks. We got to get to it because it was... A very, very good week for one member of last Thursday's show. Was it you, Tom? Nope. Was it me? Nope. Oh, was, you had a nice week. I had a nice week. I'm, I'm mad, actually. Uh, it was Brendan Gunn, 3-0. Now, I was going to give him the space to consistently throw picks at us after going 3-0. He said he was going to text me. Never did. I have yet to receive a text. From one Brandon Gunn. You're out, buddy. Out. So wow. guess what? It's the producer's role that we will be doing picks in. But so far, let's let's recap it. Be gun, three and zero for the producers. The producers, first place. In second place, 
all because the Bills couldn't beat the Jets with Zach Wilson. I am two and one. And Tom Alvord, how'd your first week go? One and two. I'm still feeling good. Listen, it's a marathon, buddy, not a sprint. All right. Well, I'm livid at the the Jets. Well, at the Bills for losing to the Jets. I'm livid about the whole situation because I was like, you know, after the initial shock of, oh, man, Rodgers is down. He's done. I was like, oh, wow. It looks yeah. like I'm going to go 3-0. and Wait, so you tweeted out something that you can't get this catch out of your mind from Garrett Wilson. A lot of people probably thought it was because it was an amazing catch. No, you're just pissed because he made that no, catch I'll and it lost to your back. That was insane. That was ridiculous. That was insane. I it might... sucks that we're not going to see him with Aaron Rodgers this year. Yes. He was going to blow up this year. Yes. The What was it? Hey, kid, I'm sorry or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seemed like, I don't know why it brought me to like a... Uh, uh, Star Wars. Maybe they used a kid like Han Solo to me, but it was like uh, the end of like a, a bad Star Wars spinoff. Hey, kid, I couldn't finish the war with you. To me, it reminded me of like that scene in Toy Story where he's like, so long, partner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminded me. Hey, of. kid. Nice reminder just how old Aaron Rodgers yeah, is right. compared to his teammates. Uh, all right, Tom. Yes. You, uh, you went one and two. Let's give you a chance to kick this one. Oh, off. thank you. Give me a little preview. Of what's to come? One and oh. two again. Oh, nice. All upsets this week. Yes, this is my favorite week to place bets, and I'm definitely going 0-3 this week. My favorite week because people react too much to what they saw in week one, and they buy too much into that when I think they got to look at these teams as a whole and not just react to week one and look at the team that we thought they are going to be going into the year and all that good stuff. So, and the team that a lot of these guys still are, week one can be very fluky. So, my first bet for the week is Chicago plus two and a half Ooh. at Tampa Bay. Not Dude, bad. Tampa Bay stinks. Can we be honest? Tampa Bay stinks. They yeah, are that was awful. a fluke. That was a fluke. I hate that the Vikings lost because it knocked me out of my survival pool. But regardless, Ooh. that's my fault for this picking This seems like Kirk a hate Cousins. pick. It is. It absolutely is. Uh, there's no... Listen, the Bears have their issues. They do. They True. got embarrassed by Green Bay last week. The Bears are not worse than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who had the pack? I oh, did too. Paco. I did too. I just didn't pick it. Um, the Tampa, the Bears are not worse than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield is awful. I know the Bears have their issues. I think this is a little bit of a getting right party for Justin Fields. They still have a ton of work to do. DJ Moore has to get more than two targets. I understand all that. I think it happens this week. Uh, I think the Bears win, but I'm going to be a coward and just take them plus two and a half at Tampa Bay. Well, that's fine because that's how we do it here. Exactly. So, yeah. I, got, I got bailed out by... Uh, the Saints picking up a first down. Yes, you did. And not kicking a field goal, so the Titans covered because I had the Titans winning, losers. Anyways, uh, speaking of the Titans being losers, my first pick this week is the Chargers uh, because I'm taking the Chargers to go on the road to Tennessee and cover the two and a half. I think the Chargers are due for another big one after uh, falling to the Dolphins in week one. Obviously love the talent there. The Titans, while they kept uh, the Saints in check, it, it is the Saints, it is Derek Carr. I like Herbert a little bit more than what's going on there in New Orleans. And for me, I look at this. I, I, The reading I was doing was, Ray, you're dumb for making this pick, and I like being a little bit of an idiot. I will go with the Chargers to cover the two and a half on the road and make this happen. Silvana, what say you? All right. So speaking of the Packers, I am actually going to take the Packers at plus one and a half. I was pretty impressed with the Packers, and I'm actually surprised a bit that they are the underdogs for the spread. I think that this one's a pretty easy take right here. Now, it's interesting you say that. 
not to jump over Tom's second pick, but I'm going to let you know that that's also a selection I'm making. Uh, I have them as well. Okay, so <laughs> we all we take all the Packers plus one and a half. Yeah, I'll Atlanta's be. not on. good. That's part of overreacting week one. Atlanta is not going to be good. The Packers are good. That's exactly it. I am banking that the Falcons are not good. Uh, Packers already won on the road, and you guys know I love me some Jordan Love, so uh, I'm, I'm going to go with them again. Romeo Dobbs, another big game for him? There, there is some injury issues there because I think there's questionable tags on Dobbs, on Aaron Jones, and on Christian Watson, but I would think not all three of those guys are going to be out. And even if they are, guess who they have? A.J. Dillon. Jordan Love, oh, man. Yeah. They got Jordan Love going against Desmond Ritter. Come on. I need I to see more before I go. They got Jordan Love like he's in the same conversation as Patrick Mahomes. It's not yeah. the same cap- same conversation as Desmond Ritter. That is correct. Thank you. All right, so we've already got two picks selected because Silvana took one of ours. Silvana, back to you for your second pick here. I'll chime in. I mean, I'm going with you as well. I also took the Chargers at two and a half. Can we also talk about that? It's only two and a half. The Chargers are such a fluky team. Like, they can put up 37 one week, and then the next week they can put up 20, and their offense looks lost. That's pretty fair. Because their head coach is an idiot, and I feel like that franchise is cursed, too. (laughs) I I said something when I was at uh, Tunis, the Saturday show we did at Rally House, where I was like, I don't want to talk about taking anyone's job. And Dawood immediately (laughs) tweets at me, aren't you the dude that... Talks about taking his job with, with taking with the his job with the vault nice. all the time. Yeah. I was like, "Good job." No, but yes, you kind of got me there. Kinda. So I will talk about Brand Staley's job. I was called out on that one. Honesty there. All right, so we both have the Chargers. All three of us have the Packers. That leaves you, Tom, for your last pick. Try turn on my mic. Uh, final pick for me again with the overreaction from Week One. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a underdog at home. Plus two and a half to the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers got embarrassed by the San Francisco 49ers. Did you see the quote from Trent Williams? We were like, that we, we were rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense because we were so tired. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have read into that a little bit. They also have a really good coach in Mike Tomlin. At home, that's a get-right game for them. The Browns, listen, Joe Burrow just doesn't have it against the Browns. That was a weird field condition. Like, I don't know how good the Browns really are. I love the Steelers. I know it's a divisional game. Usually I try and stay away. Love the Steelers plus two and a half at home Monday night football against Cleveland Browns. Silvana. Oh, I'm going last here. No, you go ahead right here. All right. Oh, no, I'm not last. I mean, I'm going next. Sorry. Yes, you're My bad. Next. Mixed up on the words. All right. Speaking of cursed franchises, I'm going against them. I'm going against the, Chet, the Jets, and I think that the Cowboys do cover the spread, unfortunately. Wow. The eight I think and a they half. Do. I know. It's a hefty spread, but I, I think that they do it. I think... They got some. They got that defense. Cooking. Pretty yeah. yeah. That defense is pretty strong. The Jets um, defense Jets. is good too. Well, they uh. could win ten nothing. Ten nothing. There you go. All right, I am agreeing with you. That's why I went to her because I'm agreeing with you with the, with the Steelers. I think the Steelers covering the two and a half. I think people overreacting to the Browns. I don't think they're that good. I think the Steelers are better than what they showed. You give me two and a half points for the Steelers at home against the Browns after a bad loss. I'll take it. Yep. So, to recap, both Sylvan and I have the Chargers, minus two and a half. All three of us have the Packers, plus one and a half. Tom and I agree on the Steelers at two and a half. And then you... I have Chicago, plus two and a half at Tampa as well. You go Chicago, and Sylvana has the Cowboys covering I know, it's against me, but I... Real I know, nice, Sylvana. Yeah. Show your true colors. Wow. We've got a Cowboys fan It goes against us. me, all right, but I want to be right. 
Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, that checks out. She's rooting for the Cowboys this week. And you heard it here, folks. Never say it, it again. First, folks. No. I think the Cowboys lose that game. Wow. Really? I do. The Cowboys are, because this is classic Cowboys. They no, get their fans absolutely... all excited. Look at us, best team in the <laughs> NFC. And then they have an absolute choke, uh, choke job against a guy like Zach Wilson. Well, Listen, I would love for you to be right. If you're wrong, you kind of put the producer record in jeopardy. I'm, I'm it's all right, though. Double I think, rooting against I think the they will understand, though. They'll understand. They'll understand. Well, yeah. then you're going to have to talk to B. Gun. He gets Me and very B. Gun uh, By the way, Packers plus two now. Oh, good thing I got that. Really? Yeah. I was just on that. Bears plus three? Uh-oh. Oh, man. Maybe they heard us. Yeah, they did. The yeah, they don't love the- as soon as we said it and they Packers heard us. Packers became bigger underdogs after we all backed them. <laughs> like, nope. Yeah, that's not happening. That show has no idea what's going on. I'm going back to the classics. I'm going back over to the country music. All right. <laughs> it's 946. It's time for Leftovers. Silvano, what do you got for us? Alrighty, so you took one of mine, but don't worry. I came prepared. That's so good. I wanted to give an update to last night's game, actually. Uh, one of the Vikings tackles who got carted off. He actually wound up getting a season-ending quad injury. I found that very bizarre, that, like a quad injury, season-ending. Very unfortunate, by the way. Uh, but I just thought that... That's also crazy. Yeah. What an unfortunate and weird injury. What? I guess because can it be a torn quad? I don't really know how bodies they, work. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'll, again, I, I don't. Don't play a doctor on TV. Won't pretend to be one on the radio. I saw yeah, him go. No. You see him get taken off in the the uh, yeah. It's a torn quad tendon. Only Udo is the one that was taken off, and uh, Very yeah, torn quad out. So you know. Uh, unfortunately, nature of the beast here. It's NFL, it happens every single week, unfortunately. Yep. Yep. Now going over onto more injuries, but I thought I brought this one up because of the speculation going around after seeing the releasing of Trey Sermon, blah, blah, blah. And the other person that I cannot remember off the top of my head for the Eagles. Rashad Evans. Rashad yes. Evans Rashawn. was Rashawn. Rashad is Penny. Rashawn yeah. is Evans. My bad. Yes. He was here for, what, two days? Yeah. Practically. Yep. Literally. No, yeah, I think no, like, literally quite literally days. like two days. So, nice. anyways, a lot of people talking about Buda Baker. Well, he was actually added to the Cardinals injury report today, earlier today, but just with a hamstring injury. What is going on in Arizona? Yep. Buda Baker's hurt. Or is he? <laughs> or um, is he? And this is... We've had the conversations. I wanted Buda Baker more, ba- Baker, excuse me, more than I wanted Jonathan Taylor on this football team. I did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Were you doing a that show with me? Percent. Was that me and you who did that show? No, it might have been Brendan. I forget. I get you two mixed up a lot. But um, <laughs> but uh, yes, I, I'm a Buda Baker guy. I don't think it gets done. But if they can find a way to get Buda Baker that... here to Philadelphia, then I'm all for it. Yeah. I. What are you laughing? You're cracking up over there. I wish that there was a camera. That was a on good you. one. There is. It's just not on. It's just Someone not on. at NBC right now is like, what's wrong? Yeah. Because they can still see <laughs> yeah, us, right. but they're sitting there. And I get that occasionally. I'm friends with one of the, uh, one of the guys uh, freelancers over there, and it was like, send me the no context me. Wait, that's actually terrifying. They can I never see thought us? About that. I think, yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, they can still see yeah, us. If, if they go in and they start, like, messing with it. Oh. I think the light has to be on, though, for them to see no, us. No, that's, that's telling you it's on. Because yeah. the light's not on when you're on YouTube. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. It, it, I should probably stop picking my nose that often. <laughs> oh, really, man? Oh, God, I got to clean everything about here. Every, you know, I always used to think the people that came in here cleaned everything were a little, little too much on the sensitivity. Now I got to clean everything. Sorry, at least buddy. he's honest. Yeah, at least he's honest. It's nice of him. Anyways, last bit of NFL news. Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones are both set to play Sunday for the Chiefs. Interesting. Huge Very pieces for the Chiefs. They are back. Is that interesting? Well, I'm just intrigued. You know, Travis Kelsey now healed. You know? And some people, you know, were estimating, oh, a hyperextended knee. That could be a month, a month plus, blah, blah, blah. Could be that. Also, you know. Travis Kelsey watched that game. He was like, I got to get back out there. Rumors came out. Oh. He was all fine. He was all fine. I'm not saying. He- Needed some TLC. That's all. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Good for him. Uh, so much for all those conversations that I had about, oh, watch out for the Chiefs. They're going to be without Chris Jones for the first eight weeks, and now maybe Kelsey for a month. This could be the thing that makes them not get the number one seed. Look at this alarmist over here. Yeah, weird. Weird how that works. <laughs> all right, so for my last bit, I was on Facebook Marketplace actually for the first time ever today. This is not nothing news-related. but first I found- time ever? Yes, first time ever. What, I know. Why have you never been on before, and what made you do it today? Because I don't have enough money to be looking at things that could potentially tempt me to buy them. Fair enough. So, and anyways, I got a weird email from Facebook about Facebook Marketplace. So I just went on there because I was like, I know so many people that go on there and find cool stuff. Went on there, right? I come across this listing, and it is for $50, and it says Hornet Nest, in parentheses, abandoned. And it looks like... I don't even know, like rotten guacamole almost. And the description is very nice, decorative hornet's nest. Great for a farmhouse, cabin, or any decor. No hornets, of course. It's abandoned. Serious inquiries only in all caps. It's a scary place out in Facebook market. Isn't that very bizarre? Why are you keeping an empty hornet's nest? And why do you think anyone's going to buy it, let alone for $50? I'm going to pop a quick H on this box just to make sure we all know hornets are in here. Always sunny for those who don't watch the show. Okay, so you just sent this to us. Yeah, take a look. at. I just think it looks very weird, too. It, it, looks, <laughs> yeah, it looks like disgusting. Why, it looks like a pistachio ice cream cake went wrong. It is a... Uh, That's not even like a cool... Like, no. I, I, I have no idea. I don't know. I Yeah. Safe to say, I think I'll be staying off Facebook Marketplace. I think I've saw, seen all I've needed to see. I'll be honest. I'm on there way too much. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that I could find a deal. Uh, you I know, love a good deal. I would be. Thank you, Savannah. Great by job. The way. Appreciate it. Thank you. I, I'd like to think I could find a deal. Problem is, I don't really know what a deal is. And you usually have to be crafty. Right. And yeah, I usually I, have to refurnish that's whatever my girlfriend, you're or excuse me, my fiance. I did it again. Damn it. My fiance <laughs> does it all the time. The oh, way. we should Dog buy house. this and then sand it and then paint it this color. I don't want to do that. It sounds awful. It's a good... My mom used to do that all the time, but I won't, I can't tell you how many things she used to buy and then never winded up refurnishing Yeah, it just them. sits in the garage or yep. sits in the attic or sits in the spare room. Oh, yes. And I don't need that. Yep. Out. It can be fun and a great hobby for her. She's looking for a hobby, but boy, it is It is a handful. No, it's, thank you. It's, okay, now this is just not true. Now they're saying it's a free BMW. That's not real. That's the thing. Yeah. I also have trust issues. So Facebook Marketplace is like a disaster for me because I'm like, I am both adventurous enough to look at it, but I'm also cautious enough not to do anything with it. So I sit here and I'm like, oh, someone else is going to get this really cool thing that I could get. 
People who put apartments on here also wonder me. Oh, <laughs> I saw a lot of those. I sold my car on Facebook Market. Is that fair? Did you? Yeah. How'd it go? Fine. Really? I, Got I, more I, money I than I was really expecting. I haven't heard anything bad from it. Just, I guess you have to err on the side of caution oh. and be smart. Yeah, I always got to be careful. I just don't like going to places like strangers' house to pick stuff up. Yeah, that is weird to me. Or them coming to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just saw some interesting things for sale. Yeah, we're out on the marketplace. <laughs> We're out on the marketplace. All right, we're done. Let's we're wrap done it with up. It. Let's wrap it up. Let's have ourselves a weekend, okay? Uh, hey, so when are you all back here so we can all let the people know if they enjoyed this Friday night? Savannah, when are you back? Tomorrow, actually. I will be doing the Temple game and then also producing for Kevin Cooney only for a little bit. I think it's 5.30, 7.30, somewhere around there. 5.30, 7.30 tomorrow for Savannah. I will be back 9 to noon with Connor Thomas on Sunday because of no Eagles post game this week. Right. Well, this weekend. This weekend. Yeah, it's okay. I wasn't going to correct you on that one. Don't worry. Appreciate it. I'll ba- be back tomorrow. Me and Jimmy Pags hanging out uh, from Ooh. 11 to one thirty. I cannot wait. Yes. So looking forward to it, everyone. Thank you so much for everyone that checked in with us, called, tweeted, and uh, just gave you know a listen to the show tonight. Thank you to Sylvana Keller for producing. Tom, great stuff. Oh, thanks for having me. We'll do it again next week. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. He's Tom Alvord. I'm Ray Dunn. Thank you all so much for listening. Look forward to talking to you again real soon, right here on 97.5 The Fanatic.